This is Dexter Vines coming at you from Comic Con 2013, and it's 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> David is in top form. There's a, there's this thunder going. It, it rained like a, just now, oh, right know. before, right before you East got me, Vince. It was like, yeah, it just, it's, it was like people were just throwing fucking those heavy duty deck nails on our roof. It was just, it was, it was <laughs> so loud. You, you having the roof done? Yeah, I didn't oh, order man, I just, And it's, <laughs> it's, it's ironical that, you know, Thor is on FX right now. Mm-hmm. Take it to Thor. Thor story is spreading over into the the muggles because um one of one of the girls in my office says I love Throg and I was like what are you Stop talking about you. She said yeah the Thor I said I know who the damn Throg I said why are you talking to me about she said oh I was reading the Thor thing and I kind of wandered and I found this Thor frog and it's the cutest thing ever and I want an action figure of it and it's like Wow, Marvel's mainstream. This is crazy. Marvel's mainstream. Like, stop the presses. It's all crazy shit. I mean, with real people, not with us. Not with, you know, the Kool-Aid drinkers. I mean, with honestly God people who have no idea what's going I was on. Just saying, I was, um, a coworker was dating another coworker and we were, um, Renee and I were over at our friend's house. That's not how she was dating the guy and, um, he and I are chilling and, and he, he brings up how he's like, I, I don't, this was back when they were starting the movies and he's like, he's like, who the hell's Iron Man? I don't know who the hell Iron Man is. And it, and it just, it, it reinforced wow. how, how it was just, he's, they started off with Iron Man who was like, you know, he's not Spider-Man. He's not Captain America. He's not Superman or Batman. It's like, you know, he is one dude who, who really not a lot of people who weren't into the cartoons or, I mean, cause he's also, he, he really, would avoid um he's more of a computer nerd than than uh the pop culture or or uh it, so he he just you know he had no clue who um you know you wouldn't have known what group is he in he would have probably said you know justice league or he hangs out with batman or something because he's rich that, it's just that, it's that's insane what kind of tomb do you have to be living in to not know who i mean but th- this is you know 2000 what eight six whatever whenever iron man was coming out he, he was like, he just wow. he had no clue who, you know, who that hero, who that character was. And, and it, uh, so yeah, I mean, it is now here we are, you know, a decade later. And, and I mean, fucking Hugh Jackman has been Wolverine for over yeah. a dozen years. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, we have, by the way, thank God Bill Gray Scott didn't get that role, right? Dude, every, every, Every time, Mission Impossible 2, I come across someone mentions or it's on TNT or something, but Mission Impossible 2 is on, I, mm-hmm. I, I go down on my knees and I, and I thank whoever. <laughs> Yahweh. Is, is, yeah, seriously. Any, I'm just like, thank you, Jeebus. I, I am so, there's just no fucking way it would have been as, <laughs> as popular as it was. Raise one up for baby Jeebus. Seriously, <laughs> eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus. Man. You know, I love the part. I love the party T-shirt. You know, it's like we're just both tired. Oh my God! Eat it, cheese it. <sighs> hey, everybody, look at this. We're off to a great start. Eleven o'clock comics, episode three hundred and twenty-six. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. And it, it, man, the week has just flown by. And I am David A. Price. Yes, True. you are. And I am. 
not Lex Luthor, but I'm Darius Dax. No, 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 you're not Darius Dax. You are the svelte Jason Boone. In the house. Fools. What's up? Oh, Ed Pisker teases the shit. Now, he doesn't do it to me, directly to me, but he teases the shit out of me of posting these process pics of the hip-hop stuff. I love how he does it. Why I brought that up, I have no idea. Maybe because you just spoke last. I don't know. (laughs) But did you see the stuff he's been posting? Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's my boy. Yes. But anyway. Someone that we need to have on the show. Yes. We could do that. And I was thinking... Long and hard about the current crop of uh, indie creators and what Liefeld said about them. Liefeld said that uh, Sholy Piscor and um, Rug are, are are the new image uh, founders, like akin to the new image founders. And I'm thinking that could not be more true. He nailed it. He really did because, you know, for a while we had these indie darlings coming up. And, you know, rightly so, they would get some spotlight, but these, the guys then had absolutely no love for the classics. Mm-hmm. But the current crop, Sholey, Rug, Piscor, they love the good stuff, the Silver Age Marvel and DC and, and, and superheroes. Like, they make no bones about it. They love that stuff. And that's why it's, it just, it's so perfect that he came up with that analogy. No doubt. Wow. <laughs> it's a big old. No, I was list. just. I mean, I'm. Isn't it true I was though? Just caught up in in your excitement. Uh, so well, I, was... I mean, I um, I don't know if it's true. We'll see. I, I mean, it, it's uh. Well, look what Pisker's doing with the well, hip hop stuff. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm with you that it was great to see Rob give them a shout out in such a confident way. But I struggle with the analogy though, in the sense that, um, maybe I'm being too literal in the comparison, but. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I took it, when I hear they're the like the next image founders. That those were the guys that were at the top of the big two game and left to rewrite the rules. Oh, but see, you're going exactly step by step. Well, I'm, I'm thinking what he means is here's a, a a group of young Turks who have fondness for what has come before, and they're coming in and they're going to completely revitalize and rejuvenate the medium. That's what I'm taking it as. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at you know any kind of economic impact because. It ain't gonna be the same. I mean, these guys are not gonna sell millions of comics. Let's just, you know. Right. There's no bones about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, I think it's fair to say that, uh, it was awesome to see an OG like that. Shout out three of our, our favorite. uh, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's alright, that boy. He is alright. And you know who else is alright? He's alright. Our damn sponsor. Roof. Just, Discount comic book service. You can find them at dcbservice.com. D, yes, dcbservice.com, where you can find your funny books at rock bottom prices. You know, the corner comic store is great, but if you really want to save a boatload of money, do the digital walk and head on over to dcbservice.com. Get this. This is the last time you're going to hear me say these particular specials because they will go away next week, right? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, this is, this may be your last chance, uh, even though they do not mind late orders or order editions. You can get this, uh, newfangled ma- commingling of the Aliens universe. In the, uh, Aliens, there's going to be a Predator series and there's going to be a Prometheus series. Me too. And it's called Fire and Stone. 
And you can get these books for 50% off their cover price. 350 is the cover price. You can get them for a buck 75. Uh, from Drawn and Quarterly, Gilbert Hernandez has another book coming out. It's a continuation of the stuff he started with the Marble Season OGN. Cover price is 21.95. This is from Drawn and Quarterly, by the way. Your price, 45% off that. $12.07. Holy cow. And Charles Burns is wrapping up the X'd Out, Crossed Out uh, trilogy with a book called Sugar Skull. It is cover price $23. I'm thinking it's a little longer than the other two. Um, but your price, 45% off, $12.65. Holy mackerel, just go there and reap the rewards. DCBService.com. They're the best. I say it because I mean it. You know we do. Yep. They are the best. For Rizzle. It's not even close anymore. I know, right? They, they've it's pretty much sad. dropped it's the really mic and sad. walked off the stage. It's, uh, it's true. It's true. Well, it's and, sad. And, it's great. No, it, it is great. No, I mean sad for the people that are oh, trying to compete. True. Yeah, there's no way brick and mortar can compete. It ain't happening. Well, and it's it certainly went, true that that other online sites can't compete. Right, right. I went to a brick and mortar for better than a decade, the particular one, and the best he could do was like thirty, thirty five percent. And and I that's because I dumped a I was lot of money. Say, and that's yeah. a great. That's a great LCS discount. Yeah, I think the best I ever had. And this was before the internet was an option was 25%. And like you, I bought a crap ton of books. I was certainly at or near the top of the, of the customer base in my, my weekly pull list. So yeah, I mean, that's, that was, I think these days I would be shocked if, if many LCSs give more than 20%, even for their most viable customers. Seriously. And we take it as a, as a personal affront. When, when, a, when a store doesn't discount heavily, it's like, what? well, I'll be honest. I, I don't know if you do this, but when I go through the previews and, and, and put my order in now, I sometimes don't pre-order collected editions that I want if they're not 50% off because I'm so conditioned to think, well, it'll be 50% off at some right. point. Yeah. And also with Amazon, if <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, if, if, right. If you can prime it, then, then I'm always, I'm pretty much guaranteed 37% off on anything. So True. 40's not. I'll, I'll do the 40 with DCB service because there are our friends and, and, and all that. But, but if it's something that I'm trying to catch up on or, or something I didn't order right off the jump, then yeah, you just, you're conditioned to, at least I am to, to never spend less, uh, more than 40% off. I mean, that's that, you know, or 37, whatever Amazon is, but I would never spend more than that. It's true. And, uh, I've made a habit of, um, my few, uh, stops at books a million. Where I'll just go for a magazine or something or to, to take advantage of like their, their remainders or something like that. And I'm always bombarded with the pleas to join their, their, uh, their program, which could really do me well by offering me a 10% discount on store stuff. And I'm like, I get my books from Amazon. I, and I'm, I'm not rude about it, but I'm just like, why would I want to buy your program when I can get 30, 35% off Amazon, no problem, without having to pay. Yes, exactly. Right. You know, and, so, and, and they always give me like a, a dirty look, but it's true. If you can't compete, don't even start the race, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. For a rizzle. All right. So. That's the second time I said that, I gotta watch that. time we dial up Stan the Man. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so cool, wouldn't it? I'd even be up for that. No, I know. I'd, I'd give the man his due. Why not? 
He's old. Our, our Matt Wagner interview seemed to have been really well received. Oh yeah. Everyone seemed to have thought it was great. Uh, I, I, it would have, it would have been great to have him on for four hours, but, yes. uh, you know, we'll take what we can get. Yes. David would have had to change two pairs of underwear instead of just one. I just would have ended up, I'd, I'd have been wearing a sheet and put on a rubber sheet. Just, yeah. <laughs> Your own stink. That's it. No, hey, he doesn't see me. He can't smell me. It's all good. <laughs> so we're keeping it a little old school tonight. Yep. The three of us, the three amigos, are just going to chat about life, the universe, and everything, review some books, because it dawned on us that we've been reading lots of stuff over the last couple, two, three months, and, and haven't had as much time as usual to talk about books. Yes, indeed. True. So uh, we're just going to chat it up about what we'd be reading. I think we, sh- we should do a couple old school ones in a row, just to... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, like, yeah. it, it, again, the, the presumption there is that we ever have a plan. <laughs> so, true. Yeah, <laughs> well, true. I, um, and it's, it's, it was just a coincidence because I, I didn't, I didn't plan on drinking this knowing it was just going to be the three of us, but, but I, I, uh, Segway. I did, um, bust open a bottle of, uh, Menage a Trois. Nice. I get it. I love it. <laughs> I am drinking Yanglang Lager Light. Sweet. I'm swilling the Pepe Mac because I love it so much. Old school. Old school. I wanted to have a beer, but um, the only thing I have is this lemonade beer that my brother is it. Is it Shock Top? Oh, it's horrible! It's horrible. I I, I, Lonnie Kugel Summer Shandy. It's a yellow can with like a reddish reddish stripes on it or highlighters. Yeah, it's terrible. No, brother. No. But I only love it, no, to your point, I only love it, I, like, one or two in the 90 degree heat on the beach. Oh, okay. As a, as Maybe. a, as a, as a, a, a cooling. It's, it's not something you can, you can swig a bunch of, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Right. Too sweet. Too sweet. Mm-hmm. Like you. Too, too sweet. Yeah. Like me. You know, I have a thank you, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I put it somewhere and I, in the, in the chaos. The impression. Right. No, it was, I can't even, please. please, <laughs> please don't, don't make me look like a dick. I will, whatever it was, I will make good next week. I will find it and make good yeah, next week. Make sure you do. Um, yeah. But yeah, so as far as old school goes and Jason, Jason's comment about us not having a plan, um, Vince mentioned something that he picked up, uh, some Holy things. God. Are going for the throat this week. Take no prisoner's price. I love well, that. Well, no, I just... I, oh, that's good. Keep going. It, it will, um... I'm not going to slow your roll. No, no, no. I, oh, it was... I'm just it was, it, again, it, 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 it's just more <laughs> coincidental stuff where um, you told us what you found at the flea market. I did. Um, and as soon as I see that, I just... I mean, my eyes get all big and it's like, you know, it, it's like anime eyes and I just... I, I, I am just all about it. want to hear about it. Love reliving it. Um... I walked into my room and next to um, next to the laptop uh, was a issue of that same magazine, and and, wow. and so I figured, well, all right, then if you're gonna whip a couple out, then I'll I'll drop a couple of bombs from this particular issue. But I want you to kick us off. Okay. Well, you know that synchronicity, and it's even more synchronistic because one of the issues I picked up, I didn't do this on purpose because I usually shy away from this character. Because I have read more than enough about this character mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And um, today is Bat Day, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It is. I, I did pick up um, Amazing Heroes, 
four of them, like David said, but one of them was uh, 167 from June 15th, 1989. Now, if you, if you do the math, this is prime bat time, 89, right? Yeah. Um, the front cover is by Kevin Nolan. Oh. Yeah, Batman at 50. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that? Yes. In Batman? Batman's all dejected. He's got a little bit of a pot belly and there's bats all around. It's pretty cool. But uh, I also got Amazing Heroes number 134. Nice. In which Christopher Claremont teases his upcoming series that he's doing with one Alan Davis and one Paul Neary. Do you, do you know what that series is? Yes. Like I have to tell you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Excalibur. Yes. That's uh, 134, February 1st, 1988. I also picked up uh, Amazing Heroes 169 from July 15th. 1989 cover story, Mark Schultz and Xenozoic Tales. Nicely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's pretty great. Like, he doesn't, I read the interview with him, he does not think he's all that. He's like, yeah, I'm just learning this stuff. I can barely eke out. You know, it's like, okay, brother. Right. All right. Humble, you know, humble's good, but when you're that good, you don't need to be humble. Mm -hmm. But the one I really wanted to talk about, and there will be a quiz, so pay attention. I will tell you who's on the cover. And you tell me what upcoming series the main story teases. Okay? We've got Wolverine all hunched over with his claws buried deep into a sewer, a manhole cover. In the distance, Shang-Chi. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And it's, it's Tom Grunberg cover. I knew it. It is. It is a Tom Grunberg cover. Um, in the distance, uh, uh, Shang-Chi is wielding a katana. And the best part, coming out of the sewer, looking up at Wolverine like, huh? Is the man thing. And he's got a button on his, on his, uh, chest that says, I saw Chud 16,000 times. I have this issue. <laughs> Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. I, if mm-hmm. I don't want to segue. So David, what series does this tease? Marvel Comics presents. Yes! And it's awesome. It's a great little article. There's a lot of blue and green on that cover. There is a lot of blue and green, but it's pretty... And if you notice, um, Wolverine's brown and, and uh, ochre, there's blue in it. The, whoever colored this cover did a, a fantastic job. They they didn't just do the straight, you know, brown. Yeah, and it, was, it was Grimberg in his most Sienkiewicz, Adam-esque ability. It, it was... I, I definitely remember... That, that cover. So just, yeah, yeah. But the poignant part about this, this little tease is that, and I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about it at the time, but it saw the return to Marvel of not one, but two of its estranged, um, children, so to speak. Yeah, Steve Gerber came back to do the Man Thing, uh, serial, which was 12 parts, I believe, David. Yeah, I think it was 12 parts with the late great Tom Sutton, pretty much one of the best horror artists ever. But another um, wayward uh, son came back, and that was Doug Munch, mm. mm-hmm. who I forgot left Marvel like in a tizzy over, I can't remember what. Was it Master of Kung Fu he left over? He left over something. Uh, it was Moon Knight. Moon Knight, exactly. It was Moon Knight. So, uh, Doug Munch comes back. So we could do... go write DC's version of Moon Knight. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's really true. Um, so he did the Master of Kung Fu serial, 
which was eight parts, or was it ten? Don't remember exactly. It doesn't really matter, does it? But, um, and I'm reading this article, I'm thinking, man, I, I forgot how much I loved Marvel Comics Presents. What a great series. Uh, it went on forever. Yeah, I know, but unfortunately I didn't stick with it, yes, and I, did this ever come true? There's a tease here that says, um, Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan were gonna come back and do Tomb of Dracula. Oh. In Marvel Comics Presents. I don't know. Oh. I, I don't remember that no, ever happened. I'm pretty sure that never happened. Do you think that that eventually turned into that book they brought to Dark Horse? Oh. That, uh, that Dracula miniseries uh, they had? Yeah. Hmm. That, that demands uh, further investigation. You know what's awesome is every, every time, and it's, it's fitting and it's appropriate and it's, it's how it should be, but every time you mention Tom Sutton, you always talk about how he is a phenomenal I believe it horror or scary monster artist and I I believe he's one of the absolute best and and I agree with you except whenever I hear Tom Sutton I think of DC's volume of the mid 80s Star Trek series hmm Sutton did work on Star Trek? Dude, he did like the first... How did I freaking blink on that? It was Ricardo Villagran did, uh, did, did the inks, but he was on it for shit. He, for a, no, dude, he was on it for the first, like two plus years and then came Oh my god! Yes, it's got the, with the George Perez on the cover when they're, when they're in their, um, don't make me go back. Uh, uh, Con outfit, dude, man, it 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 looks. I mean, that's I just see. I'm ashamed to not know that because I love Tom Sutton, but I'm I, whenever I find a horror book with Sutton and I buy of course. it, yeah, and I'm thinking, and even his Arrow stuff, which is really disgusting, um, but, but good. Uh, but I never knew he did Star oh, Trek yes, for a long, Holy long crap. time. You done schooled me. Aww. Yeah, old school. Let me find some some poignant passages from this thing. Um, oh, look at this. Don McGregor will also be doing another serial, this time on Black Panther, which he also did back in 73 in the pages of Jungle Action. So it's like old home week on, in the Marvel Comics Presents. And it te- there's another thing it teases here, too. Uh, future continued series will reunite a number of creative teams with familiar characters. For instance, there will be a War of the Worlds serial. Uh, Kill Raven, but it, does it say who is going to be doing it? Uh, Don McGregor and artist P. Craig Russell. Now we know that was done somewhere else. Right? There was a Marvel graphic yes, novel. Yes, yes, yes. Or was that, yeah, that was Kill Raven, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can buy. I bought these for fifty cents a pop, it's fantastic. And, and I go, no, really, they're not in the best shape, and the papers they, like they a little. Be. They should be. Amazing okay. heroes are not meant to be kept in yeah. condition. Truth, which was bi-weekly for a long yes, time. Yes, it was. Yeah, um, I don't care. I just love reading them and getting like I, I'll look at the coming distractions. Yeah. Oh, dude! And, mm-hmm. and don't you, get me started. You, you have your piece to say on that, so go ahead. I cover to cover. Is what I'll, I'll, I'll read Amazing Heroes and it's, it, I don't, I, it's, it's no secret. I've, I've mentioned it on the show plenty of times. It, everybody knows my feelings on, on the whole, um, there are a few reasons why I'm not, I'm no longer a fan of, um, 
of previews or any, oh, now it's previews, but even back then when it was Capital City, um, or, uh, oh crap, who was the third one? Shit. There were three. There were three distributors. Uh, Heroes World, World, because that's the one Marvel bought, right? So, um, tag team, woo! They, uh, but, I, I still, still to this day, even though you can buy it for a buck twelve from DCBS or, you know, it comes with your subscription, still to this day, I still view previews as a tool for the retailer. That the shopkeeper is, is supposed to use it and, and it's, it's a little bit kind of too behind the scenes for me. I don't, I, I don't need to know the order code for the retailer or how many they need to buy to get this car. I don't care. I, that, that's not the important stuff to me. But, um, Aside from knowing what's coming out in three months or uh, any variant covers or who's or anything that's going to be spoiled by, by showing the cover uh, and just giving a little bit too much detail in the solicitations, um, I, I've been turned off from previews. And, and when I look through an issue of Amazing Heroes, um, that's just reinforced because I'll flip through uh, what's kind of – so this – the issue that I have in my hand um, is cover dated February 1, um, 1986. And so coming distractions are for February 16th through the 30th. Um, but for example, okay, here's The Dark Knight Returns, part one of series. Batman, 10 years after his retirement, appears at the age of 50. Story and art, Frank Miller, inks, Klaus Jansen, color, Lynn Varley, 295 48 page full color direct sales comic ships 225. That's it. That's it. Yep. And, and you can go, um, Booster Gold number five, introducing the fascinator. Story Dan Jurgens, art and cover Jurgens and DiCarlo. The price, when it ships, when it'll be on the newsstand. Um, and because for a lot of us, you know, we didn't, you may have had a standing order at the comic shop. But, I mean, this is back when, you know, DC Comics were 75 cents. Dark Knight was $2.95. You could barely buy a 22-page comic for $2.95 now. Um, American Flag number 30, the conclusion of the fire, the fire this time. And that's, that's it for the solicit. And, and, and it's just, I, I, it's obvious we, we can't go back to this, but it's, it, it's just, it's my way of thinking. I don't, I, I don't need to know what's going to happen. I know people do. I know people need to, to, to budget things and they need to find out, okay, well, if the Punisher is going to be in this issue, I need to buy this one because I'm the biggest Punisher fan. I need all his appearances. So I'm glad I know this three months in advance. I can make sure they put this issue aside for me. But I, I just, I'm, I'm all about the story and, and not, being clued in as to what direction it's going in or, or who's, I, I just, I want to be surprised and, and just give me as little bit of information as possible. Let me know if the issue's coming out. Great. And, and if it's part of a story I'm enjoying, I'll continue reading it. I, I don't need to know everything that they put in previews and, and I still say that previews aren't a, um, Aren't for the consumer. It's just it's changed, but that's still that that's still the way I feel about it. Right. It's like a retailer catalog masquerading as a computer a consumer product. Yes. 
And it was yeah. it was neat for a while because you know they gave you um, they were poly bags, so you got trading cards for you know the, the oh, upcoming you know like, awesome. like like dude, I loved the Marvel masterpieces by Joe Jesco. I I thought the uh, you know the the comic images cards were shit, but they were the, the tops, the skybox, the flare stuff, the gold foil and everything. The the um, I mean the Jim Lee skybox set was great. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of overdid it because then you also had like you know Bloodlines by Skybox and and I, uh, I bought a box of that. Entire <laughs> box of blood. I I bought a, I bought a shit ton of trading cards back in the day. They were ugly cards. Yes. Uh, yes. But the um. So it was neat and to get the freebies from from inside the catalog, but yeah, um, yeah no, I just I I still. So coming distractions are, I mean, that's that's like a breath of fresh air. I, I flipped through it, and whether I can remember if I bought the issue or not, uh, you get a couple of covers. I mean, the, the three covers on this particular page are for um, Elementals number six from Kamiko, uh, Adventures of the Outsiders um, number thirty four with a nice Davis and Neary cover. And from Blackthorn, Betty Boop, book one. Huh. And that's it. So, I mean, it's not like every every comic that they have listed in the coming distractions. Uh, you see the cover, but um, you get who the creators are, and you get maybe a sentence of what it's going to be about and when you can expect it on the newsstand. So that's, that is my long, drawn-out uh, anti-diamond rant for this week. <laughs> nice. Nice. There's a cool passage in this Marvel Comics Presents piece where uh, Steve Gerber is very hopeful for the, the new, the upcoming magazine because he says that it offers a great opportunity for both readers and creators as it will allow for the mixture of genres. That's pretty cool. Uh, thank you, Aristotle. The fans are very leery of non-superhero books. This will show them that the people at Marvel of ca- are capable of producing other stuff. The series has the most potential for introducing new concepts. And it says here, and this is something that was either teased by Marvel or like a press release or soli- I don't know if it was solicited. If it was solicited, I missed it. Gerber will follow this stint with a Man-Thing graphic novel with Kevin Nolan. Entitled Screenplay of the Living Dead Man, it will be a sequel of sorts nice. to the issue, to the issue of Man-Thing entitled Song Cry for the Living Dead Man. It's a great issue. The, the initial story was about an ad man who had a nervous breakdown, blah, 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 blah. And so I remember recently, like within six months to a year, that's my recently, uh, Marvel sent out a press release saying we dug up this Gerber Nolan uh, story. We're going to finally publish it in graphic novel format, uh, hardcover format, and there you go. And I, I just lost track of it. Was that ever solicited? If it was, I missed it. Did you guys see it no, anywhere? I don't think so. But did you remember reading the the, the press release? Because it was like not long ago that Marvel pitched this. I want this thing. I remember saying, "Holy crap, the Gerber thing! They found it. It's out there. It's going to be published." And then nothing, no follow up. So maybe we'll hear about that soon. Was it last San Diego that they they teased it? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm hoping that we see it because I'll, I need everybody needs more Gerber, right? And Man Thing, you can't have enough damn Man Thing in your life. So let's get let's follow up on this, guys. I want I want it. So I I want to um, I want to read you something. What do you got? 
Well, the uh, the week long bacchanal that is San Diego Comic Con is underway, as mm-hmm. we all know. And probably of all the times during the year, uh, this is the time when we are most disconnected from the 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 major veins and arteries of the comic world, I'd say. Because none of us have ever gone to San Diego. We don't ever really show much interest in going to San Diego. And uh, we, we generally just, just take a pass from that one particular yeah. component of, of, of the industry rigmarole. This is the time we, we live vicariously through Pat Loika. Yes. Yeah. And, and many others. Yes. And many others. Um, but this year is is a little different in the sense that um, one of our favorite publishers, if not our favorite these days, Image, uh, is having one of their image expos today. Uh, oh, really? To launch, yeah, to launch in San Diego as a, as a launch before the, the the con, which is interesting. Uh, and so, what was it about a year ago? Eric Stevenson, who I think deserves all the credit in the world for kicking ass and taking names as the as the, as the publisher of Image, he he certainly deserves massive kudos. Um, but was it about a year ago that he got in the hot water for that Comics Pro? speech that he gave where he basically lambasted all of his... his, It may have been less than a year, but yeah. Okay. So he opened up, as he is wont to do, uh, at the keynote for Image Expo, and he kind of did the same thing again. He said, and this is where I'm going to read to you if you don't mind. He says, uh, it's always good to start a speech with a joke. A week ago, I woke up to learn that the comic industry was storming San Diego with announcements of licensed series gender-bending superheroes, and crossover events usually relegated to fanfic. I texted a friend about it, and he said, It's only 10 a.m. Are you drunk? Sadly, this is what's become of the comic book industry. But that's the comic book industry of the past. We've invited you here today to talk about the future. Hope is important to the future of comics. I know that because every time I approve a book and image, I hope that it will break through the hundreds of comics that are still doing the exact same thing comics have done for decades. Back at what was more or less the midway point of the 20th century, comics were basically doomed. Television made comics almost obsolete. But thanks to a handful of men's work, they saw a future. We wouldn't be celebrating comics this week at what has become a huge cultural event without them. Without students who want to write and draw comics their own way, there won't be a tomorrow. You see, you have to fight for the future. One of the questions I get asked is how to provide more diversity in comics. They've been viewed as a boys' club, but thankfully that's changing. The industry was set up as a place for young white men, and thus the readers were young white men. Now we need to appeal to as wide an audience as possible. People won't wake up and decide they want to work in this business if we're not appealing to them. We can't change the comics of the past, but we can make a better future now by changing now. Change is integral to the future. Accepting things as they are isn't moving forward. That's standing still. Over the course of 2014, Diamond has reported that sales are down this year. Down is the direction you go if you stand still for too long. That's why Image, uh, that's why at Image Comics, we have an ongoing policy that's based on two simple words. Move forward. Uh, while the comic industry is down this year, Image is way up. Uh, and is having one of the best years ever. Uh, with considerable growth every year for the last several, uh, this is an editorial from the reader, but he goes on from there, but he basically, and then he starts, um, he, 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 he says, uh, you know, no matter what anyone else says or how offended anyone gets, I'll never back down the position that comic books are more than just marketing materials for movies, toys, and video games. But those artists doing those are way too talented to say they're not putting out the best licensed comics possible. 
No matter how good or how great those comics may be, though, they're not the future of comics. Many other companies have started to take a bigger look at creator-owned books, but so often many of the books they've published are so not creator-owned that they've created the new term creator-driven. Creator-owned isn't a sexy term. Creator-driven, though? That's the past speaking, as it hangs on by a thread. The mistakes my colleagues make is that a creator-owned isn't a term coined for consumers. It does matter to the men and women writing and drawing comics. The difference is that one of those terms is double-speak for an industry standard, while the other is something real and worth fighting for. Um, and he goes on from there, but, but, but the, the point is, is, is that he, you know, I understand he's become the, the defender of virtue, if you will, for, for, for creator owned comics. And certainly, um, it looks as though, uh, you know, based on our own interests, as well as, as images, market share and its sales that, that they're doing something right. But I have to say that Stevenson rubs me the wrong way. I, I don't understand why it's as though he doth protest too much. Why does he need to besmirch the way everyone else is going about things to big up the way he's going about exactly. things? I exactly. think that, yeah, I think that is, um, and, and I'm, I'm as a father, I, I have this conversation fairly frequently with, with my kids to say that you don't need to ever walk into the room and say, look at how smart I am. Or look at how good looking I am. Or look at what a great athlete I am. The people that do that generally aren't the best. Or they're so insecure <laughs> about themselves, they need to re- the reaffirmation. If you're the smartest guy in the room, everyone's going to know it because of how you act and what you know. Not because you tell them you're the smartest. And Stevenson just seems like a guy that just has to say, look at me, look how awesome we are because you all suck. And I just, it really bothers me. I don't know why it really bothers me. Though. He's smart enough See, I, to know there are better ways to say what he's trying to say. See, I don't think he's shitting on mainstream comics. I, I, there's, a, there's a passage in there where he actually tips the hat to them saying, these guys are doing great work over there. Uh, but if the medium has to, in order for the medium to grow, we have to focus on a lot more than just doing the best on these, you know, licensed characters or, or co- corporate owned characters. I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't, I don't think he's throwing stones. I just think he says, he's saying, yeah, that's a very important part of the industry, but it's not the only part. We got to grow the whole thing. Well, when he says, sadly, this is what's become of the comic book industry. Right, and and in a way that is very sad that the driving force of the comic book industry is a a company who uses their properties to generate movies. I mean that that's what it is. The the, the comics have become uh, a merchandising for the movies. It's sad in a way, and it's very sad, but that's what's happening. I also have a bit of an issue with the rant about look at how we much more diversity we need because. Um, while I'm blown away at the quality of the of the people that were announced today and the books that are coming out in the next wave of image, last time I checked, almost every one of them was a white dude. So again, well, like I don't, I just, I don't know. It it seems like a bully pulpit to act as though image is consciously. I mean, didn't image get in trouble just a few months ago when it was pointed out how they have very few minority books, right? I mean, it wasn't that they, so, so it's, again, it's just, I, I, I wish he would focus these kind of platforms on the greatness of what they're doing right. and not, I get, that. you know, uh, and it's a nitpick, but, but I guess, and, and I didn't say much about it the last time it happened, but I just, 
Uh, I was excited for Image Expo. I'm, I'm very excited by the books they announced today. And I just feel like the, the day is a celebratory day and you started off by getting up there and saying everybody else has got it wrong. I, I don't know. It's just, and I understand it's resonating. Certainly a lot of the people that, that they have doing books are some of our favorite creators and, and the like, but, but it's not as though most of those creators have given up doing big two books too right they're doing both so i I don't know i have a it's not a problem but you gotta admit that that diversity in terms of the creators is is a real sticky wicket because i would think that first and foremost his goal is to produce is to publish the absolute best material that he possibly can right that's pretty much a given and then when you say, okay, now we have another agenda, which is to diversify and to publish books by creators of all, of every stripe, you know, um, not only the white dudes, the, 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 the black and the, the whatever, right? But in, in saying that, you're admitting that there's a conscious effort to bring in people that aren't white to, to produce your books. Now, as a publisher who has, an interest in publishing the best material possible. Say you get 12, uh, 10 submissions, right? Eight of them, because for a long time, it, it was a white guy's game. or And, and it, and it to, to a, a point, continues to be, right? So say you get 10 submissions, eight of them are by white guys, two of them are by um, black guys or, or, or women, right? What if the ones that the, 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 the black guys submitted were, were trash, we're not good. What if they weren't up to the standards of image, right? So what do you do? Do, do you, do you nix one of the white guys just to publish the work of a black man just to diversify? Or do you, you know, be honest and say you got a little bit of ways to go, buddy? I see, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say in that instance. It, it's, it's a real tough call. When, when your goal is to publish stuff by people of every color mm-hmm. and, and, and both genders, how do you do it? How do you approach it? Real, like logically, realistically, and honestly, it, it, it's tough to do. Right. I, 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 I'm just glad I'm not in his position because I don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would hope that I would err on the side of caution and say, you know, shore up your your game, and then we'll talk because you're not at the point where we can publish you. And I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just saying it, it, the good stuff comes from everybody, but. The percentage of of non-white guys that are in the game is a lot lower than the percentage of of white guys. So right. it goes. I mean, just by the numbers, you're going to get better submissions from the white guys because there's more. Of well, them. it's it's again. I guess it's the it's all in the delivery, right? You can make the same points in a in a positive way when you start your speech by citing what a joke it is that there's gender bending gender bending going on. It, making fun of Marvel's announcements. And then a few minutes later, you're talking about the need for more diversity in comics to attract diverse readers. It's hypocritical because it's like we talked about last week. You can, you can portray what Marvel's doing as a, a marketing stunt, but that's the business they're in. Image is in the business of marketing their books too. In fact, given the image business model, that is their primary business is to market their books. They, they, mm-hmm. they get a fee to, print the books, most of the economics, good or bad, go to the creators, and Image provides their brand and their and their marketing. That's that's the asset they provide. So you can't have it both ways. You you, you can't say same old, same old, 
we need diversity and then and then tongue in cheek mock Marvel for doing what I believe to be after this latest announcement there'll be nine female lead characters in their comics. You mm-hmm. can say, oh, big deal, but that is a big deal. I, I, that is a big deal. I, last time I checked, there's a book out right now that is about a, uh, in Miss Marvel that is about a teenage Middle Eastern girl. That's a big deal. Uh, there's, yeah. there's, there's one of the biggest fan favorite books is Captain Marvel about a woman, right? There, there's, there's, again, is it, is it 50-50? No, it's not, but, but it's, it is certainly a step in the right direction. So right. You, but again, you can't besmirch it like it's a big joke. Ha ha. Oh, look at the gender bending tricks they're doing when in fact they're, and it's not gender bending like we talked about. It's not even true. Thor, again, they're not turning Thor into a woman. Um, right. it's, it's a woman's wielding the hammer. So I, I don't know. I just, uh, it just, it just bothered me. It just, but that, but that's diversity within one genre mm-hmm. superheroes. I, I'm, I'm like, I think he's saying that. We need more diversity as, you know, not only in terms of lead characters, mm-hmm. but in terms of genre too. Like, sure, publish sure. some damn westerns or publish some crime stuff with, with female leads. Yeah. Or, and I can get which image that. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This is a, an interesting topic. I, there's really no discerning much when it comes to this because it's so open. And David, you're awful quiet. There isn't. There isn't much I, I can really add without just repeating what, parroting what you guys are saying. So it's not, uh, yeah. I, I, I tend to, I'm more aligned with, um, with Jason's thoughts. I, I, I do believe, you know, deeds, not words. Just what are you, show me what you are going to do without talking shit about everybody else or, or, or just, I, he he did it last year and and he's stevenson is is started and maybe that's him maybe that's his personality maybe that's just how he you know tries to get the ball rolling but um you have some fantastic people putting out books under the image banner and and uh you don't need to talk smack about what other people are doing especially when some of those creators with the eye on their covers are still putting work out by the big two and it's just it's yeah. but there there is a, a requisite amount of you know oh there's got to be the smack talk but there's it's, there has it's, to be. you don't it, like i said he is but, but he, does there be i mean i mean rather does there have to be no i'm not talking uh, david said smack talk and i'll let him go because that that wasn't exactly what i was going to say but it reminds me of you know you the, 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 the distinguished competition you know a little thing like like that's what right. i'm talking about not like mm-hmm. you know it, it's if, your mom. if you walk into you know if you meet a bunch of people for, for for the first time and you're like hey how you doing nice to meet you you know what i mean monotone low-key chances are you're not going to be remembered but if you go in you're like hey yeah you know like just just right. ham it up you you're you're more likely to leave an impression mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying so there there is that that requisite bit of uh, hi everybody that he's got to do and i don't know it's, uh, was that the place to do it ah who can say you know what i, I want I'm, i want ron to give the keynote next year that see there that then be, you would yeah. have a, a real keynote yeah. that that would be down to earth grassroots man on the street keynote unbridled Oh, for yeah, yep, yep. So now, all that said, because I don't, I don't want this to turn into a, a, an image bashing. They are yeah. right up there with as my favorite publisher. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at the books that they announced today, but they do look fantastic. Shouldn't be a surprise anymore because seemingly the Image Expo, it's almost as if how do they one-up themselves each year. But but uh, the, the list is is long and distinguished. Do you have a list, like a, a link that you can send me? Um, I, I, I have some notes here. I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, where was this announced? Well, it was. It, I mean, the expo was today, so it was any all the all the major sites had had a synopsis mm. of it. But um, uh, the, the let's see here. There is. Do, 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 hold on one second here. Uh, okay. Newsarama has art. Oh, has I'm art. So, I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry, but there's art here. So, so they they it was cool. It looks like they had each of the creators come up and talk about the book, and it really is a who's who of some of our favorite people. And in fact, many have been on the show. Uh, Remender, uh, whose whose third image book ongoing right now, Low, came out this week, which maybe we can talk about later. Um, announced Tokyo Ghost with Mister with Mister Sean Gordon Murphy. <laughs> Did you see the yes. image? Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Oh my God! It's it's inspired by Judge Dredd and Lobo and action movies from the eighties. So yeah, it is. I, mean, I don't see how that's not going to be a thousand percent awesome. And she's a platinum blonde too. And it says Zeus Dick on the bike. The bike says Zeus Dick on yes. it. <laughs> I want this. Uh, it's gonna that's gonna be fantastic. Um, Brandon Graham's wife, Marion Churchland, is doing a book called From Under the Mountains. Uh, Joe Casey and Paul Mabry are doing a book called Valhalla Mad, which he says is the Thor book he's always wanted to do. He loves wow. Kirk, Kirby's Thor, and it was his opportunity to do his kind of Thor comic. Uh, you've got Arcudi and James Herron of, of Hellboy fame doing a book called Rumble, which they described as a scarecrow Conan fighting in a world like Louie as directed by David Fincher. <laughs> that sounds cray-cray. Look at this one. Okay, I'm going to let you do it. Go ahead. Uh, Intersect by Ray Fox. Uh, he calls a complicated nightmare mystery horror story. It's uh, it's a story like Twin Peaks from inside the Black Lodge. Also sounds, wow. sounds terrific. Yeah. Sounds terrific. Um, you've got... Let's. I'm talk, talking about the humans. Yes, the humans is... Uh, Tom Neely and Keenan Marshall Keller, who I'm not familiar with. Oh, uh, he's my brother. He is? He, he's, yeah, he's my Facebook buddy. He is so damn good. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, this is the one that's got, I mean, I want all of these, but this humans, yeah, I want it. Nice. That is a, uh, let's see if they describe it. Uh, story about outlaw bikers. Oh, there you go. Okay. I didn't have a description here. Then two of our favorite people on the earth, Gabe and Karina, are doing uh-huh. – first of all, they mentioned that they're going to put out a collection of Kinski, which pleases me to no end. Yes. But their dream project that they have been working on for a decade has wow. finally been announced. It's going to be an ongoing called Invisible Republic, and Dude. this sounds incredible. They said it's a secret history of the rise to power of a revolutionary hero off on some little planet a long way away in the future. But it's told through the point of view of his female cousin who was expunged from history because she knew too much. Dude, look at that cover. I know. I hate him so much. That's crazy. I do. It's crazy. You see the, the sketches he was doing while on vacation? Mm-hmm. Hate him. Mm-hmm. Hate him. Sick. Uh, Becky Cloonan and Andy Belanger are doing a book called Southern Cross, not to be confused with Southern Bastards. Uh, it's nice. a horror sci-fi pick where a woman named Alex is on board a ship called the Southern Cross 
on her way to a moon of Titan. And, uh, it's, uh, it starts with an Agatha, Agatha Christie style mystery and builds from there. Um, uh, and then we have another one of our buddies, Mr. Jeff Lemire, who is doing an image book with Dustin Wynn called Descender about a boy robot who's stranded in space, uh, and is the most wanted being in space. Sounds awesome. Yeah, every one of these you mention, I hear the cash register go. Exactly. Ka-ching. Uh, Ivan, and, and, yep. mm. Ivan Brandon and um, Nick Klein of nice. Viking Fame are back with a book called Drifter. Uh, it's a it's a, a story about uh, how we run out of resources here, and so we have to move into different parts of the galaxy. But they said it's it's the dirty, grungy look at what it would really mean to colonize space and the kinds of things that we need to go. And I liken that to I have no idea if this is where they're going with it. But it reminds me of, and David, you'll be fond of this, uh, Deadwood, where the, the, the story, the show is really set on, in a, in a, essentially a plot of, of dirt that becomes a town. And, and the, 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 the nasty, the nastiness that goes into being the first pioneers of a town and having to build everything up from the ground, That's including awesome. commerce and politics and, 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 and the rule of law and, and, and the, the influencers. And so that, that could be a lot of fun, I think. I am, I, what we've seen from Klein recently on Thor God of Thunder and Captain America, I am dying to see. Mm-hmm. Look at the, the cover image. It's impeccable. It is. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. The composition on that is wow. And the color. Holy crap. Did Klein do that cover? Pardon me? Is that, is that a Klein cover? I would assume. Um, yeah, it says N2013. Yeah. Okay. And the- 2013. Well, he probably worked it up to do a pitch, right? It was probably the pitch cover. Yeah. So cool. the one of the bigger pieces of news is uh, yeah, is. is Kurt Busiek, nice, uh, who who is joining Image for the first time in a book called Tooth and Claw with an artist that I'm not familiar with called Ben Dewey, uh, hmm. but uh, not to be confused with my buoy, but it's <laughs> it's an anthropomorphic it's an anthropomorphic. <laughs> Uh, huh. book set in uh, a magical world where the magic is fading away, but the entire world and society is built on that magic. So, sounds... Is that a wildebeest? Uh, a, a boar? It, it looks like, it, a, yes. it's like a, yeah. a shaman boar. Yeah. Yes, it's a, cool. it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Doctor Strange type of of boar creature. Some Celtic um, and, uh, stuff. It's like Seamus meets that. Uh, Got some, some Warren Ellis here, well, too. Well, that's true, and it's not just Warren Ellis, it's our boy Declan Shalvey and Warren uh-huh. Ellis. Uh-huh. And, my and George, who, who basically got along so well on Moonlight, they decided to get the flock out of there and to go do an image book together. Um, they should hook up. <laughs> Shalvey and Belair. Oh, uh, actually, apparently at the expo, uh, Ellis was making fun of, uh, Shelby about that. <laughs> uh, on stage, I guess he said, does everyone know that she's your better half? And then Declan said, why is she my better half? Maybe I'm the better half. <laughs> but they're doing a book called Injection. Speaking yeah. of better halves. Uh, yeah. Better half by Injection. Uh, You're dirty. Where Ellis says, imagine five people for whom the world was not getting crazy enough, so they decide to cause a way to make the world more interesting for them. Now they have to deal with the consequences. So that sounds like the crazy. That's an awesome premise. Yeah. And then... uh Last but not least, we have a let's see here uh, another book by Warren Ellis and Tula Lote, who is the 
artist behind Supreme Blue Rose, which came out this week. And, uh, so that's quite a, that's quite a haul, man. That's quite a group of, wow. you know. See, I, um, stopped buying the image singles and I started getting the collection, collected editions. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, to go back to buying the singles. Mm-hmm. I can always buy the trades later. It's true. Man, that's a killer list. Yes, sir. Even this rumble thing is cool. The whole thing's awesome. Yeah, there's not a bad one in the bunch. Nope. And I got I got to say we we were kind of quiet when you mentioned uh Marion Churchland. She is very a very oh, tasteful illustrator. I love her stuff. Of Elephant Men fame? Yeah. Yeah. And Brandon Graham fame. Well, I said it's his wife, yeah. Yeah, they're so cool. Can't wait. So there you go. So wasn't a big fan of the keynote, but a big fan of what came after it. Yes. Well, nice. always always in that high note. That's right. So what have y'all been reading? Wow, too much, too much. Such as? Um. Well, you, you want me to go? I'll go. Hey. I mean, I want somebody. I to got. Go. All right. I got caught up on a book. I talked about the first issue. Jeez, it must have been two years ago. This thing comes out extremely slowly. It, it, there's only been three issues in, I think, as many years. Uh, it's published by IDW. Mm-hmm. Written by Steve Niles. Mm-hmm. Illustrated by the impeccable Bernie Wrightson. Mm-hmm. And when you say horror these days, well, not even these days, most of, of modern comics history, when you say horror, rights and should pop into your mind because he's one of the masters. He really is. Uh, this thing is called Frankenstein Alive! Alive! And, uh, y- you know, y- if you like the movies, you'll get the reference in the title. Uh, it's, it's unbelievably good. Um, the first issue opens, and things are uncharacteristically calm, happy for the for the Victor Frankenstein's uh, famous creation. He's part of a troop of performers at a, a traveling circus slash carnival, and the uh, the freaks and the geeks don't see him as an abomination. Mm-hmm. They, they they welcome him as one of the family, and they even call him Frank. <laughs> Um, and so it's during this relatively peaceful time that his mind, the monster's mind, begins to wander back to a time not long ago when um, he tried to kill himself. He tried to put an end to his misery. He's he's haunted by the, the specter of his creator, uh, scorned, cursed. Um, you're little more than death made flesh. You're an abomination. You're evil. You're a murderer. And most of which, you know, you got to give Victor credit for. He's kind of right because the monster did put an end to Victor's wife, his brother, and his best friend. Um, so, uh, the monster wanders uh, to the Arctic and tries to take an ice nap, just lays down to die. Um, is covered over by ice and snow and frozen, and um, the uh, fitful slumber does not last long. This was only a temporary reprieve because the ice thawed, and the monster rose again. and And as he, you know, groggily wakes up, he's looking around and he sees in the distance what could very well be his salvation. 
belching uh, gouts of black smoke and, and molten lava. It's a volcano, an active volcano. So he thinks to himself, well, this will do the trick, right? Um, so he, he makes his way to the volcano, and again, he's tormented every step of the way by Victor. Um, gets in the proximity of the, the, the uh, volcano and just leans into it, lets that hot mud just kind of engulf his body. And again, not enough to kill him because uh, three months later, he's dug up by uh, a group of uh, men employed by one Dr. Simon Ingalls, a uh, neonatologist who has an eye for the arcane and the esoteric. And they think that it's a statue, like an artifact from this, this long dead civilization. So they bring him back to, to the doctor's home, which is like this, this labyrinth of, of oddities and curiosities. And, and they, they stand the, the, what they think is a statue in the corner. And as the doctor's examining it, he kind of knocks it over and ksh, the, the, the statue smashes. And what do you know? Dude, there's something living inside. So he, uh, he nurses the monster back to health and, um, kind of welcomes him as a friend, which is, kind of strange when 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 you see Wrightson's rendition of the monster this time around like he's very skeletal like his face is really gaunt and his nose is sheared off so you can see his nasal passages and it's like kind of like the swamp thing in miniature the nose part at least it doesn't have that huge hood like the swamp thing has but it's it's like a nose that has this little tiny bit at the top that casts a, a nice shadow down but it's basically his nose is sheared off and he's very emaciated in the facial features. He's long, straggly hair. Really cool rendition of the monster. But anyway, um, so Ingalls nurses him back to health, and and the monster is surprised because he welcomes him as a friend, and he gives him free reign into his voluminous library. I mean, this guy has books on everything, and the monster is absolutely ravenous for knowledge. This isn't the the the. Uh, the uh, the universal depiction of of the Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. This is this is the book, the the Mary Shelley de- depiction or, or characterization. He's incredibly smart. He just needs to experience more of the world in order to to get that that gray matter working. So the monster just devours everything. I mean, he reads books on astronomy, astrology, science, alchemy, magic, and most importantly, the history of the human race because he wants to understand. These cruel people that, that denigrate and throw, you know, rotten tomatoes at him all the time and sort of are so afraid of him. So, uh, even to the point where he like passes out reading these books. That's how much he wants to absorb this information. But unfortunately, it's not all peaches and cream because the doctor, you know, he's hiding something. He has a wife named Dolly and she's suffering from consumption. Mm, the vapors. It's incur- yeah, it's incurable and, and she's, she's dying. And he wants to save the love of his life. Uh, unfortunately, he's going about it a little bit the wrong way because he's experimenting with this elixir derived from primeval tissue regeneration. And they also mentioned protean humors, which I'm taking to believe stem cells because he's a neonatologist. And he's been getting the raw material from for this elixir from the deceased that he encounters in his in his uh, profession uh, to produce this elixir, 
and that's where the dark side kind of creeps in and I'll leave it at that. That that's at the end of the the third issue when we get to see what the real deal is with this doctor, but oh my god, have you guys seen any of the art from the series? No. You you, no. you really wait till for 10 years till it's all collected in one volume and and get it. Well, you get the singles if you want. It is unbelievable what Wrightson's doing with this book. Um, the the Doctor's home is gorgeous. I mean, there's this thing is loaded with double page spreads. It's all in black and white and washes. So so Wrightson's doing these these beautifully painted um, gray tones or sepia tones in some instances. There's even a little blue, like like he tailors the 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 grays to match the scene some some of the time it's warm gray sometimes it's cool gray depending on what's going on but the doctor's home oh my god there there are jars and books and artifacts and like carcasses and it, there's there's a crocodile hanging from the ceiling mm. and he and writes and goes in and renders every single undulation in the crocodile's back and the the spines and the teeth and it's just you look at it, you're thinking, you are not friggin' human. Huh. You're, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, and he, he manipulates shadows like no one else. The, he makes the shadows work from like every, most of the panels, you could tell where the light, well, obviously you could tell, but it's a blatant light source. Like there'll be a candle on a table and it, it'll cast the shadows in these really interesting ways and patterns on the on the walls and he'll put things on the walls to catch the shadows in interesting ways. Like I I I just I marvel at this guy's artwork. I don't care that it takes him six months to whatever to to produce an issue. It is really well worth the wait. Like we we always say, uh, you know, good art's worth waiting for, but we don't really mean it. We want our books like yesterday. This is one of those books Sit back, wait for him to finish, and just gawk at this stuff because you're in the hands of a true master of the craft. I I, I don't think that's hyperbole when I say that. Wrightson is one of the masters. He his that name needs to be mentioned with with the the, the absolute greats. No, absolutely he, does. Yeah, and there's a there's another double page in the third issue. There's a big reveal. I won't say what it is, but the monster is like kneeling in the shadows. And the doctor has a two-headed, it looks like a Komodo dragon. And in the foreground, there's, there's like a squid in a jar. There's a, a, a mammoth skeleton in, in the middle of the frame. In the back, there's these huge creatures like bones and all, every shelf has, um, skeletal remains on it. And it's just impeccable. You're sucked into this scene and you're living this story. You are pulled in to the degree where, like, the external world goes away, at least me. And I just, you can't do this with film. You cannot do this with, 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 well, good people can approximate it with film. Really good people can approximate it with text. Comics it has this special, the, the, the medium is so special that you'd use all of that and you just, I'm enraptured with this stuff. It's amazing. Get, get this book. Just to see how it's done. You don't even have to like horror. It, it's just a really good story, and you can you can actually see along the way the monster. He, he's like lamenting the fact that he's not human. It'll always be a world apart from these people, but it's not true. He's more human than the quote human beings in this story. 
because he has compassion and he like the doctor's wife kind of stumbles into the like she goes on these long journeys where she just forgets what she's doing and 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 where she is and she just it goes on these explorations and in her own home because it's a big home and she stumbles on the monster and he scares the shit out of her as he would most people right and she she gets like all shook up and and then he later on in the story he sees her and she's laying on a slab and he's like oh my god I scared the shit out of this woman to the point where I incapacitated her and he's like lament he's like generally moved to the point of tears that he that he did this to this woman and the doctor is human obviously but he doesn't there's a component of humanity missing from him that the monster has and it's unbelievable. This this book, I I love it. Not only do you get the Niles Wrightson stories, you get the back matter is chewy. They're reproducing um, the actual Mary Shelley novel in the back pages. Yeah, and in the first issue, there's a Wrightson Niles interview that uh, Bernie talks about how he came to love the monster and. And why he wanted to do comics and, and his, like, just like Wrightson's childhood. And you could tell Niles is in awe of him the entire mm-hmm. interview, as he should be, right? And just geeking out that he actually gets to work with this master of the craft. This book's really special, really. Um, and, and you should seriously, if you haven't, check it out. You don't have much catching up to do. It's only three issues, but man, whoo, three killer issues to date. That's awesome. Get them. Sounds great. Yeah. I, oh, it's fantastic. And and yeah, cover price three ninety nine, as with all IDW stuff. But it the rewards are far greater than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, each each page is just like a masterpiece, and you get to just swim in this gorgeous rights and art. And the story's great too. I gotta give Niles his due. He's taken this in places that are really special. Yep. And I, I know it wasn't um, mentioned when it happened, um, but I, I was checking up on it. Um, Bernie was admitted into the hospital uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, quite not quite a couple of weeks ago. And as of as of last, he has been discharged. He's had to. Um, there's still some tests and everything that they have to do, but he is out of the hospital. Oh, it's not his eyes, is it? I I don't think so. Um, but he. Well, whatever it is, it's I, I you know mend quickly. He. Uh, He's had to cancel some kind of appearances, including this week's uh-huh. San Diego. But, uh, but he, um, he had a, uh, there was a, an e-card going around that you got to sign. And, and I mean, the, the number of people who attached their name to it, it was, is massive. Um, oh, now when was this? Like within the past two weeks? Yes. No wonder I didn't see it. Yeah. No. Yeah. You were, it was, damn it. You were incommunicado. Um, but I, I wanted, as, you brought him up talking about the book. I um, I wanted to double check and make sure that everything was was okay because I hadn't heard anything in the past few days. But apparently, uh, there was an update on the nineteenth where he um, where where Liz said that he is out of the hospital and and home and uh, and is feeling pretty good. So apparently, no long term uh-huh. effects. So and I was just upward, not upward. Well, and I don't mean get well quickly in order for you to produce more art. Just, just get well. Yes. Right, yeah. right, right. Man. And such a humble dude. I've met him on a number of occasions and he's always so happy and just so, so cordial and just a hell of a guy. 
And when you're that good, like I said, you don't have to be. True. You you know you you could just let it all hang he, out. He you seem pretty. Oh, no, I'm not gonna say low key, but he he definitely did not have a um an air of superiority when we saw him at no, uh, at, at Heroes. No. Uh, during the auction, and and his stuff was brought up to the uh, to the stage. It was um is very very modest. And think about it. I I you know when I my mind wanders. And it inevitably goes back to the Bronze Age. Think about lightning striking simultaneously at both companies with Swamp Thing and Man Thing, two of the most brilliant designs, character designs, I think, in, in comics. And it happened at almost at the same damn time. Like, it was like within weeks of each other. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? But yeah. There you go. So I'm done for right now. I have more, but I, I reluctantly I'll pass the mic. You're adorbs. I'll, I know. I'll hear David because I know he's been reading some good shit. Um, I was um, I started reading it and I I I failed to um transfer it to the iPad, so I'll have to talk about that next week. So as I was trying to um shake things up a bit and and talk about some indie stuff, and I haven't. Um, I'm only up to my management. I'm about halfway through the 11th issue, so I still have. I, I haven't really gotten as far as I'd like to on that. So that's something else. Unfortunately, I can't talk about this week. Um, you did mention IDW, and I found out today that IDW will be coming out with a comic book that I will probably have to get. Um, they have the license to uh, to do Orphan Black comics. Yeah, oh, that's really great. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the headline, they are going to expand on the world of Orphan Black. Orphan. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see where they're going with that, if it's going to be like a kind of between episodes thing, or if they're going to kind of fill things in between seasons, but um Well look what they're doing with the X-Files. What are? Season 10. Season oh 10. my god. Yeah. That's, no, that's like Smallville, it went to digital and, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Buffy at, at Oh Dark yes, Horse. yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I um between last week and, and, and getting ready to talk to Matt and, and a few other things to, to read once we were done and um, carrying on through to this week, there were a lot of things that I, I felt I needed to catch up on, especially since I, I seem to um, – there are things that I, I intentionally, I guess, kind of like trying to self-trade weight on and, and I'll let some issues pile up and then I'll run through them. And um, a couple weeks ago there was that – nonsense with with captain america so i i caught up on that and last week i um i caught up on the past 10 or so issues of thor god of thunder uh so i finished the malekith arc and then i read the um the arc where uh it was thor versus roxon and um a sad ribbit came back for, for this storyline. Uh, looks amazing, but it was, um, yeah, I, it, it's, it happened before and, and it's just one of those things where I am kicking myself for, uh, for letting them pile up. I'm glad I had so many to read because everything was great. Uh, but I, um, I really shouldn't have let them pile up because they are worth reading as soon as uh as soon as Aaron 
sends one out and and gets an amazing artist to work on it. I, I whether it was because of the setting, um, the one with the um, the Legend of Realms, it that one was probably the only one that I haven't absolutely loved. I loved God Butcher, loved God Bomb, um, loved the uh, the Dunnan ones and the um, and and the one about the last the last days of Midgard and the um, Ron Garney did the art with uh, for the Malekith story and it was it worked it was um, it it wasn't bad Ron Garney at all uh, it just didn't have the uh, the weight. That um, that the others have had, whether it was um, Ribic or um, uh, Das, it was almost like Panosian is, is is how the last name looks. But uh, it was a story about Thor versus uh, a dragon, and and that was fantastic. the The thing about the last days of Midgard, um, it was old Thor versus. Well, Vince probably like this versus Galactus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's. It's basically um, every year, Thor, old Thor, King Thor, the All Father comes back to Earth, um, and Earth is destroyed. It's. It's a wasteland. It's not. It's barren. It, it, there's. There's no, um, no speck of life at all. And Galactus shows up because for years, for centuries. Um, he has been thwarted at every opportunity. The, the, the planet no longer exists. It probably can't sustain him all too well, but his last act, or the planet's last act, will be to actually feed Galactus. He's basically, you know, thumbing his nose, the face of every person, every, every hero, um, every, Person who held the power cosmic, anybody who's ever faced him and, and stopped him from destroying Earth, um, he's finally now that nobody is here to protect it, and that there's nothing to protect. He's finally going to to um, to to have his cake and eat it too. And, and it's it's uh, it, Thor is basically going to stop him, and and the, the fight is not uh, it's not pretty. At, it's gorgeous because. Rubik does amazing work, but it is not a, uh, it's not a pretty battle. Um, Thor's granddaughters show up. And Aaron just has a way of, of always, um, putting in humor right at the perfect moments. It's, uh, there's something Thor does to stop Galactus and, and it's almost like it's a point of no return type thing. And, um, he shows up. And two of his granddaughters can't believe he's going to do this. And, and the third one, um, appreciates his new attire. And it's just, it's just, it's something you wouldn't, uh, in the heat of the moment expect someone to blurt out, but it just, it, it was perfect. And, and it's, uh, the bulk of the story takes place in present day. Um, it's, uh, it involves Broxton and its residents and Asgardia and, um, and there's a, there's a panel where Thor's mother, um, she's basically doing that, uh, doing that because I said so 
type scolding that that parents do to their children, but mm, but he he uh, she she basically I mean now you look in hindsight and it's not an empty threat, but she Thor is talking about you know being brash and and how he's going to do something else, and she says, well then I'll just find someone else worthy to hold that hammer, and I'm like oh my god it's right oh, there, snap. and yeah so it's like. Um, you know, Aaron is is deliberate, and and it's just it's been a phenomenal run. I guess it's taking some time off. There's an original Sin miniseries, Thor and Loki, that I, I guess it's coming out um, instead of new Thor. God, they'll be back for issue twenty five. Um, but the way the letters page made it, the way I read it was that. Um, that Jason Aaron and Lee Garbed and Dale Keown and a couple other people are, are going to work on this original Sin series, uh, cross tie in and then, uh, and then come back for, for Thor God of Thunder. So I don't know if that's when, um, the new Thor shows up or, uh, or if it's that storyline or what have you, but, uh, I definitely still recommend the Thor God of Thunder. It's, uh, I, yeah, I, I love this recent arc. I mean, I, I enjoy the hell out of the two stories with Gore, but this was, um, this was, it, it had a little bit of, um, of that early JMS feel to it because it was, it, it, it took place in Broxton, but, um, and, and the return of Ulick and it, it was, uh, there was definitely some, <laughs> what? I used to call him Ulick when I was <laughs> when I was younger. Oh, I did too. <laughs> Ulick, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, it's there. It's right yeah. there. It does, but yeah. you know, when you think about it, yeah, that's very unpleasant. Um, <laughs> so, so there's some there's some old school fighting. I mean, in the future with with Thor and Galactus, and and there's some there's Thor versus trolls, but there's also um, I, I I really appreciate that. Uh, there, Dario, the CEO of Roxen, he, uh, he was, he was also threatening Thor with legal action. And I don't know how exciting Thor versus lawyers would be, but it, it, it didn't really come to that. And, and I, I, I thank Jason Aaron for, for kind of not going in that direction. Um, but it still, it works in the sense of the story. Everything made sense. Ross Solomon, um, is uh is is front and center during most of the present day scenes and uh it is a nice scene with with Jane Foster and Thor's mother um where they're talking about Thor's new girlfriend and whether or not you know mom likes her it it there're just a lot of um there's really nothing to complain about where when Jason Aaron is writing Thor and and mm. Thor's cast of characters he he hits the right notes whether it's it's the action um the 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 dramatic pauses uh and 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 the humor everything is just i mean there's when um well he realizes in order for the high notes to resonate you got to have that, the, the silences in between right there's yeah. uh when Thor is talking to Jane Foster about um about her boyfriend, about Walter, and um, what was the what was the last issue you read, Vince? Oh, geez, um, I finished um, the story after God Bomb. What was the second story? There was that one issue where it was like you know a day in the life of Thor, and, yeah. and then there was the Malekith arc. 
I didn't read the Malachi Okay. Okay. Are, are yeah. you aware of what's happening with Jane Fonda? Actually, yes. If you read the the Day in the Life, then yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so Thor is um is is talking to Jane, and and she basically says that uh, that her man, that Walter, left um probably be, because you know when when you have somebody you're spending time with who have, who has cancer, it puts things in perspective, and and Thor um Thor basically you know fare thee well, but um. Before that, he's talking about how they can probably, if they leave Broxton, Thor can probably find work for Walter, maybe in the stables. And, and it's just, it's, it's one of those, as he's looking away, looking down away from Jane, because it, it's obviously he doesn't approve of, of Jane's choice of men, but it was, like I said, it's, um, it was a real, it's a real good run. I, I cannot, I, I need to catch up now on, on Iron Man because, you know, I, I've, I've enjoyed the hell out of Captain America and Thor after letting them pile up and, uh, and I haven't read an Iron Man issue. I, the only Iron Man I read is in Avengers and New Avengers. So mm. I have no idea what's going on there. Two things. Mm-hmm. Didn't, um, Simonson's Ragnarok come out today? The first issue of that over at IDW? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it did. Okay. Did you, were you aware that he was doing Ragnarok again? Yep. Okay. And, uh, two, you mentioned the, the Power Cosmic. Are you reading, um, Silver Surfer? Dance Lot Silver yes. Surfer? I have, I, I have the issues. I have. I read start, the first two. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, no spoilers, but there's, there's one part, uh, later. I think it's towards the end of the first arc where the Surfer and Dawn are in space. And she's got her cheeks all puffed out because she's trying to, she's, you know, no one breathes in space. She's trying to save her air because she's going to die. And he's like, what the heck are you doing? And she, and, and she's like, ah, how are you talking in space? And, and he says, I possess the power cosmic. And she's like, how, wait a minute, how am I breathing in space? And he says, the power cosmic. And she says, wait, I'm not freezing because, and he says, power cosmic. And she's, <laughs> That's very convenient. And he said, that's the power cosmic. <laughs> I love that. Like right out of the TARDIS. That's great. Yeah, it's, 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 I like the surfer book. I think it's really good. And Alred just adds that extra, you know, bada bing to it that makes it really special. I like it a lot. Yeah. Maybe that's I like it a lot. Jason, what the hell are you reading, buddy? I'm going to get nasty with you for a second. Oh no! Nasty good or nasty bad? Nasty good. So, back in late last year, we were supposed to be given a holiday treat <laughs> by by Mister Howard Chaykin. And, oh no! And, dude. and things things I guess didn't go according to schedule. So they, <laughs> they resolicited it, and this time it is it is it was delivered to us in all its glory as. Black Kiss Triple X Special Christmas in July. <laughs> I love it. And uh, Vince and I have talked uh, at great length about uh, this Black Kiss Two series that came out a year about a year ago. It is pure filth. Yeah. It, it is. It is for those unfamiliar with 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 the concept. Um, it essentially is the story of a succubus, uh, a demon that possesses f- human form. Uh, in Black Kiss 2, and, and as well as this one shot, that, that being is, is embodied in a, uh, blonde bombshell named Ilona. And Ilona has, uh, a tranny, Dick. uh, <laughs> lover, 
and uh, gal Friday named Dagmar, who ah. literally looks exactly like her, except for the fact that Dagmar's packing an absolutely huge penis. <laughs> and, and, and they, they go through the world, uh, having all measure of, uh, of, 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 um, Misadventure. Yes, but, 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 but they, they have all measure of, of the most, uh, grotesque, uh, sexual acts that you can imagine and generally kill the people that they have sex with afterwards. Mm. Um, so in this story, which, which believe it or not does have a holiday theme, um, we're given a little backstory to Alona. We're brought back to when she was a young teenage girl living in a rundown farm with her daddy. And four Yale, 19-year-old Yale sophomores are heading on their way back home from college and stop by the farm and are in the midst of negotiating with Alona's father about something. And they're going back and forth, and they finally settle on a price of seven bucks each and three tires. Well, what we come to find out is that uh, they they were negotiating the right to gangbang Alona (laughs) while, while her dad watches. So now we're, we're, we're set in 1922, uh, which would be after the events of, of Black Kiss 2 when she becomes the succubus. And she is now a Hollywood starlet. And she gets her daddy to come visit her and gets them all gussied up in a custom made tuxedo and, uh, and, and sh- brings them to, to the town and, and then proceeds to, uh, to fillet her own father and then kill him. Uh, and, and then we find out that the whole purpose of her reuniting with her father, aside from, from, from killing him, is because she has held this, this incident, uh, close to her for, for, and now has the means to enact revenge. And so on Christmas Day, uh, every decade, so 32, 42, 52, 62, we get a vignette where Ilona and Dagmar uh, come, uh, seek out one of the four men who raped her and, uh, engage them in all types of humiliation, uh, and sexual depravity and, and death. And mm-hmm. it is an absolute hoot. I mean, it is an absolute pure carnal adventure. It, it, it's, it's, it's just unadulterated, uh, adults, Nastiness and 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 shaken. Uh, I know some people cringe at the idea of good shaken versus bad shaken, but this is definitely good shaken. Shaken is in his element. He is clearly he loves right. this book so much. He's inspired. He's inspired. Yeah. And um, a, a, as we always say about this, l- let me be super clear. This is a unbelievably sexual book. Uh, it's the graphic depictions of sex and violence. So your mileage may vary here. I know for a good chunk of our audience that likely turns them off, and that's cool. But if that doesn't bother you, uh, and especially if you have read and enjoyed the other Black Kiss stuff, this is as good if not better than any other Black Kiss issue we've ever gotten. Mm. It is just nasty. And Vince, when you – it's the kind of book that as you're reading it, you, you, you're – it's it's – I was, I read it on the bus today. <laughs> I read it. Nice. Yeah. So, so, so it was, it was the case of trying to hide the images from everyone, 
holding back a, a, a shit-eating grin and, and trying not to giggle like a schoolboy as I was seeing this stuff happen on the page. So for you adults out there who, who like a bit of carnal comics every now and then... Who doesn't? Well, there's lots of people that don't. Uh, I would I would recommend that you all go ahead and uh, hook this up because it was a blast. An absolute when did blast. That, when did that come out? came out last week. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. Thread, I, more than that, it, it actually came out on, on July 2nd. I guess it was in my pile a little longer than I remembered. but So three weeks ago. Damn it. I didn't read it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like I'm missing out. And what a, what a change of, of landscape as far as like comics retailing goes. Those original Black Kisses, when they came out from Vortex mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. they were polybagged. I mean, you, you couldn't right, even right. get a, a, a glimpse at them now. Bad. I don't need, is this issue marked, uh, anywhere, like, for mature readers only? Cause I don't remember the, the Black Kiss 2 miniseries. I don't, I can't recall if it was labeled or not. I, I don't have the issue in front of me. Ah, uh, okay. But, but, uh, I can't imagine it not being. I, I can't, I can't fathom it not being, though. It's my kind of comics, right? Definitely. It's, it's like the, uh, exquisitely rendered, uh, kind of crossed a little bit. At, at image, there's the same components in cross that there is in black kiss. Obligatory cross reference. <laughs> there you go. But that was that was a real blast. Now on, on the completely opposite end of things. Ass to ass. Yeah, I did want to say that there was a period of time where uh, um, I was getting a little down on Kickstarter. Mm. Yes. Uh, not alone. Yeah, I, I had I'd had a few things that I ordered that that arrived, and I just felt were a bit uninspired. Mm. Um, but I have to say that that like all things, I should have known it was cyclical because I have received a number of things lately that I thought were downright fantastic. Uh, I believe we mentioned last week, at least we shouted it out, the Guns of Shadow Valley collected edition from oh, yeah from, from, from Mr. Wachter. And no surprise there, it's a really well put together packaging of, of his terrific webcomic. So, so that kind of started this, this, this renaissance, if you will. But then in the last two weeks, I've also received, uh, which I will definitely talk about in the future once I have a chance to read a big chunk of it, uh, from the Fantagraphics Kickstarter, I received my hardcover slipcase edition of Wits End. Oh, really? You got yes. it? Nice. And I've leafed through it. It's a fantastic package. No surprise. Fantagraphics knows how to put together a book. Uh, it's two volumes. And uh, from what I've seen of it, it looks like it's going to be an incredible experience. I, again, I haven't read much of it yet, though. So I don't want to say much more beyond that, but other than I'm very excited. And then last but not least, I received this week uh, from Mr. Rucka, a recent, a not too recent, a not too distant guest of ours. Uh, his hardcover of Lady Saber uh, and the Pirates of the Ineffable Aether, which was my uh, 11 O'Klosker for favorite webcomic two years ago. Yes. Uh, and I shouldn't just say by Mr. Rucka because it's also art, fantastic art by Mr. Rick Burkett. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, uh, again, this is a webcomic that, that, uh, that I've enjoyed quite a bit. It's, it's a, it's a, um, horizontal, what do you call that? I can't think of the names escape me, but when a, Land, landscape. It's a landscape, right? A landscaped formatted book, much like Guns of Shadow Valley was. Uh, and it collects the first five chapters of the online series, 
Um, and I just love the series to death. It's this strange mashup where it, it's it's not quite steampunk because I, I don't consider myself much of a steampunk fan. But it's a world where there are steampunk elements that people – there is this this energy called the Aether, which has mystical qualities. It's It permeates a certain layer of the atmosphere. Um, there are more – most people travel by air, uh, whether it be dirigible or airplane. Um, the, the, the lead character, Lady Saber, is the captain – She's a privateer and she commands a ship. It's a sail, it's a, it's a pirate ship, but it's a flying pirate ship. Um, she's a swashbuckler, arguably one of the best, if not the best. Uh, and she, we are introduced to her as she is stealing or reprocuring, if you will, a locked tube of something valuable. Uh, but it's locked and she doesn't have the key. In, in the, in the second chapter, we're introduced to a, uh, a a Western lawman and his Native American tracker sidekick who come across in their duties to arrest an outlaw, they come across a mysterious key. So you see where this is going. Uh, not too shortly thereafter, the, the, two, the two parties are introduced to one another, uh, quickly realize that they are, it's in their vested interests to work together since they have a common enemy. They use the key on the scroll and unlock it and find that it's a map and it's a map of the future. And what it's actually a map of, it's, it's a map of the aether in that every so often the energies that are the aether, uh, coalesce in a, uh, almost, almost, I guess like a weather pattern to a point where it's so destructive. It, it literally can destroy parts of the world or it can, when it, when it happens, it can totally transform parts of the world so in the artwork you see Burkett in one scene it's it's the the aether hits the the aether storm hits and and a a part of the world is laid waste and then in another uh another panel the aether hits and the the a grassy knoll is turned into this rocky uh desert where there's animals that look alien that we've never seen before and floating pieces of rock in the sky so it just has this strange quality to it, and I guess there's some value in the notion that this scroll will be able to give you a map of all the places it's ever going to hit, when and where, and and, and the value there would be tremendous value in knowing that. Uh, and and basically that's the 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 main gist of of the adventures to this point. Um, and and because of the value of the scroll, needless to say, they they are are wanted people now. There are tons of people that are after this this future map, if you will. Um, the, the, the impressive thing about this aside from, you, you can, by the way, this is a webcomic that you can, you can go ahead and, and read online if, if, if you're curious right after you get done listening to us if you haven't already. So you don't need to buy the book to experience the work. But I will say the work is, is, when you're, when you're packaging a webcomic, I think you, it's in your best interest, um, if, if not your duty to, to offer more than just a simple, uh, trade paperback of the work, right? Because again, you have to offer something to make people want to own it beyond being able to read it on, on their computer. And he does that with this. It's this beautiful hard, hard bound book. There's tons of back matter, tons of, 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 of footnotes. He has, uh, interviews from all, uh, faux interviews from all the main characters as to their motivations and histories. It's got, uh, along inside the package, in addition to the main book, he's got this tiny little book, 
called uh, Edwin Windshear's Pocket Guide to the Sphere. Uh, it's 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 a it, it's about the size of a notepad, and in it is a complete his, history of the sphere, the planet that they live on. Uh, there's another book, the Annotated Process Book, for you process freaks, and that's that's full. There's full scripts and and images uh, from Burkett uh, to go along with the scripts. It's it's just a wonderfully put together package that I think uh, illustrates the magic of when two creators get together and are of like mind and really enjoy something. So uh, I, I highly recommend you consuming this work either in the printed form, uh, which I've just discussed, or again if if you're cheap or you don't like to buy paper because your wife will yell at you for having more paper in the house than just going online and, <laughs> and check that out because it's 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 too good to miss. It's and, and you mentioned Vince. Westerns. I love Westerns. I love them. I love Western comics, Western movies. And it's a genre that in our lifetimes has, has, has largely fallen, fallen out. It's, it's just not very popular. Um, so I, uh, I would just highly recommend to people that, uh, if you're interested in Westerns, this is, is right up there with the sixth gun in terms of, uh, or guns of Shadow Valley in terms of recent stuff that will scratch that itch. It sounds awesome. It's great. It's great. And Burkett's interesting. Um, there, if I, there were some panels where I think if I were to judge the panel in and of itself, I would be a little more critical than I am in the totality. Uh, what I mean by that is, is this book is, is a lot of talking, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of figure work, a lot of anatomy, right? It's, it's, it's basically a story about pirates and lawmen. And, and, and buccaneers and fighting and a lot of hand to hand combat. So there's a lot of anatomy, a lot of figure work. And for the most part, I think Burkett kills it. There are times when I think the anatomy or the faces look a little bit wonky. But in the context of the pacing of the book and the quality of the story and the fantastic coloring that goes into this book, I don't mind it. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me like I think it would in a vacuum. So um, I, I know David, if I'm not mistaken, when we talked about the online version. Of this you were a big fan of Burkett back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yes. Oh yeah. the um, Batman Adventures. He did a lot of the, <laughs> uh, the 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 DC cartoon animated cartoons uh, comic book versions. Right. Right. Yeah. So. I guess I'm the only one of us that has read this so far, but I would I would commend it to your attention. I have the um, I backed the, the obviously the, the digital tier and, and the um, the three um, tintype portraits arrived and they look amazing. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So no, I have I have not sat down and. Um, Actually, I need to, I need to transfer that to Comic Seal so I can read that because there's, there are a couple things that, um, that, uh, I've received the emails that, uh, the, uh, here's, here's your reward, Kickstarter's done, uh, here's your PDF, and, and I haven't, um, transferred them from the laptop to, to the iPad, so I need to get on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. It was great, so. Love it. Mm-hmm. What's next, I'm y'all? I'm gonna peep that shit. Yeah, he is. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. No, I you will. By now, if you were gonna. Ah, snap. Ah, oh, Jason. It's Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein to catch up on. Calling you out, son. 
I did. Yeah. You know what I got? What you got? I read a Marvel graphic <coughs> novel. I'm sorry, what? I was coughing. I'm, I apologize for that. No, I didn't. I didn't. I, sorry, I didn't mean to, I, I meant to hit mute, but I didn't get to the mute button in time. I actually read a Marvel graphic novel. Old school graphic novel or new one? A new one or an old school one? Old school. Old school. 1987. Oh, shit. No, they don't put numbers in these things, or they didn't back in the day. Let's check. Yeah. Um, this is called... Well, I'll tell you who, I'll tell you who, who wrote it first. Right, do it. And then you're gonna be like, well, okay. It, it was written by Don Krar, K-R-A-A-R, mm-hmm. but it was illustrated by one John Severin, mm-hmm. who, who I rank among the best of the best. It was colored by his sister Marie Severin, mm-hmm. and it's called Conan the Reaver. Yes, it is. And did you have this? Uh, I, I have it somewhere. It's been a long time, but yeah. Well, I remember loving this back in the day, and whatever for whatever reason, I encountered it again. I was going through boxes, and I said, oh, I'm going to read this again. And man, it's just as good as I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place, Conan's not far out of his 20s. He's still really young when this when this uh, story goes down, and he's in Agripur. Um, and has jockeyed himself a position as King of the Thieves Guild. Or, I don't even want to call it a guild. It's just King of the Thieves. And, uh, he, the, the king has a treasure chamber. And Conan being Conan wants in, right? So, um, I guess he missteps and is noticed and the, the, the captain of the guard and a few men chase him into an area of the city that's not too welcoming to the king's men. Mm-hmm. So they they, they kind of capture the, the, the captain of the guard, and they're making him, uh, in essence, walk the plank over this deep-ass chasm. And the captain says, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. If you let me live, I'll tell you what how to get into the king's chamber, okay. the, 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 the treasure chamber. And Conan's like... All right, but I'm not just gonna, you know, let you live. You gotta, you gotta get out of this predicament. So that he does, and um, Captain of the Guard tells him, "Look, the, the the king has this massive hoard of treasure, but it's it's kind of guarded by this beastie that he's that that we in essence feed. We sacrifice people to this beastie uh, just to to keep it um, placated. But it's not going to be easy. But you're gonna need my help to get it. So." Um, Conan kind of weasels his way into the king's um, goodwills. He saves him from a, an assassination attempt. And the king's like, yeah, you're all right. Um, come here. I, w- I want to show you something. And the king introduces uh, Conan to his, um, his, his, his love, the love of his life, who is like 60 years his junior <laughs> and, and has a child. But unfortunately, um, it's not the king's. The the woman had a, a moment of indiscretion with uh, someone else, and father and and you know he fathered a child, but the king is okay with it. You know what I mean? He loves the woman. He just wants to protect her. And the king says, you know, shit's gonna go down. I want you to ensure me at all costs that she is protected. Get her out of here because it's not gonna be pretty. Please protect my woman. And the king comes like, yeah, I'll do that. I I have some sense of honor. Uh, and meanwhile, the king has a right hand man. 
uh, Lord Shaid or something, who's this master swordsman, and he sees Conan um, throw down with the this the uh, people trying to assassinate the the king, and he's like, "Yeah, you're not bad. You're just rough." And Conan's like, "Really? Uh, I'm I'm Conan, dude. Uh, you know, let's inevitably, you know, these two are going to throw down. It eventually happens, but the thing in the catacombs is awesome." And it's straight out of Lovecraft. It's just gigantic, multi-tentacled, one-eyed. But does it have one eye? I think it's a cyclopean. Yeah, all good monsters are cyclopean, right? Um, and it's got tentacles out the wahoo. And of course, Conan kind of saves the days through his uh, ingenuity. But the king says something really prophetic in this book. And I, I was trying to find exactly where it is in order to get it exactly right. But I can't find it. But I'm paraphrasing. And the king says, you know, I... Men like you, he said, you, you either, you know, you live the life of a freebooter and, and you, you know, you go where the winds of fate cast you. He said, there's only two outcomes for a dude like you. You either wind up dead or king. And we all know what happens to Conan. He eventually does become king. And, and this is like, like decades before Conan assumes the throne. It's like, it was really cool that they, they added that in the book. Just for those who know, right? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But I don't, I, well, I know what it is about um, Severin that I love. It's just that that guy's artwork never ceases to amaze me. And it's like anything he does, he just excels amazingly. Westerns, um, comedy, and that's that's the thing. I've been ruined by Cracked Magazine. Because whenever I see Severin artwork, I'm looking for the pratfall. I'm looking for the chuckle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sight gag, and he was so effective at that that genre that I I always want to see that goofy little dude peeking up above the the, the tumbleweed, you know, with the bent hat, yeah. that old that old western Absolutely. character that he did, and it, he's done far more than that. Um, look at Desperados that he did. Um, what was that cliffhanger back in the yes. day that he did? That's a great book, and uh, his westerns, his EC work, the guy's a master. Uh, never, never, ever ceases to amaze me how good Severin was. Yeah. And right up, right up till the day he died, he was, you know, producing work and still knocking it out in in fine form. That's a that's an awesome, awesome way to go. That is. Yeah, I just love John Severin, and and I, I make it a point whenever we throw start throwing names around like the the uh, the the. The legendary creators. Yeah, everybody's quick to, to, to throw Kirby's name into the ring and Basima, both of them. But, uh, you know, Wally Wood, you gotta, gotta mention John Severin. You gotta. I mean, the dude has uh, amassed a, a huge, amazingly diverse body of work and he did it all expertly, I think. Love me some John Severin. Beast mode. Yeah, he's, he's just amazing. And it, it was it was like a wayback machine. This thing was what, uh, six fifty, in nineteen eighty seven, and and well worth every penny. And Marie Severin still holding her own, man. She still can color like a beast. I th- I I'll go down. I still say she she was part of the reason why EC was so successful. Mad Magazine in particular, the 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 color issues. Marie was great. Is still great. She's still doing it. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. There we go. <laughs> Somebody out there's got a drink. Did you read that one iTunes review? No. There's a drinking game on the iTunes oh, review, shit. and it says whenever, whenever Jason makes with some white boy beatbox uh, hip hop stuff, you, you got a drink. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> she represent Queens. Marie was so raised out in Brooklyn. What, what? Oh, that's awesome. I'm so pleased. So much love this week. I had a lot of catching up to do, and it's it's odd that I was catching up on stuff that I've already read. Yes. <laughs> this is so typical. What else Did are you, you doing? Uh, David, I feel like you talked about this a few weeks ago, but it, it I didn't. I hadn't read it yet, so I was trying to not pay too close attention. But the Uncanny Avengers Annual. Oh, you know what? I I meant to go back to. I started it. It looks amazing. It it does. Um, and it's I I didn't have time to just. uh, Oh wait, the Uncanny Avengers, not the New Avengers. The New Avengers, the Doctor Strange. No, Uncanny Avengers. I did read. I did read. I finished it. Um, it does look amazing. Uh, Paul Renaud did some fantastic work. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about it so I can just concur. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton to say about it other than I know it's that, that the Uncanny Avengers is a series we're all enjoying quite a bit. Uh, particularly the, um, Apocalypse Twins stuff. And this came out, I believe, after issue 19, before issue 20. And as you noted, it's, it's, Remender writing Paul Renault on art. Uh, and it features my boy Mojo. Yes. Of Art Adams fame from Longshot from the Mojo verse. No kidding. No, yes. Uh, basically Mojo has lost his, his luster for, for the, the youngins out there that aren't familiar with the 80s Marvel stuff. Mojo was, um, a, or is, I should say, a morbidly obese humanoid. <laughs> That lives in the, in the Mojo verse. Uh, his society is full of 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 lethargy, such that the wealthy and influential have mechanical uh, uh, exoskeletons that they use to to carry their fat asses around. And and in Mojo's case, it has all these spidery like legs and and a scorpion like tail, and and it and all plugs into the back of his head. It's it's very future shock type of of look. Uh, and the conceit of Mojo has always been that he's uh, the, this 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 futuristic world is is essentially driven by the consumption of media. Kind of sounds like a lot like our world. And Mojo is is the world's most famous producer of of said media. And you know when you think about the 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 character of Mojo when it was written in the eighties, think of how prescient that was, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, out of shape dude in a society that that is all out of shape because they all don't use their their bodies anymore to make their livings. Uh, they just keep getting fatter and fatter. They, they, they consume, it's the op- opiate of the masses. Their whole lives are built around consuming, uh, television. And Mojo corners the world market by becoming a purveyor of reality-based television. Which again, in the 80s was not a thing, right? There was, there wasn't reality TV back then. That was, a, that was a science fiction concept then. Now, now we take it for granted. Now it's half the TV that's on. Um, so, it's 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 a, a character and a concept whose time has really come, sadly, frankly. Yeah. But anyway, we haven't seen Mojo in a while. At least I hadn't. And in this case, Mojo's in a boardroom for one of the major corporations. A bunch of suits in there, and <laughs> he's basically been kicked to the curb. He he had a few shows that weren't big hits, and the head of the TV studio is giving him a shot because their ratings are down, and said, "Well, listen, if you have one more shot." What's your pitch? I want to hear your best pitch. So he pitches the Avengers of the Supernatural. Yes. And his idea is to get uh, Doctor Strange along with all the Marvel monsters 
to uh, become a team, and then they need a foible. So his plan is to uh, sneak back to Earth and put mind control devices on the uncanny Avengers and get them to be the foibles. And that's what happens in this annual. Uh, and it's 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 a standalone thing. There, there's nothing read it for itself. Um, certainly, if you're reading the ongoing book, it helps in the sense that you would have a better sense of of the of the characters' interactions with one another. In other words, it might be, if you don't, if you're not reading Uncanny Avengers, it might be weird to read this annual and see uh, Rogue hanging out with. Woo! I'm sorry. Go ahead. What are you saying? Woo for? Dude, I've got to this one page with the man thing and the I don't want to say. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's so Renault has a field day with this and and it's essentially as with most Mojo stories, we're given the the we're given the 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 pitch and then we're given a, another story as though it's the TV show. As oh. as though because they're all under mind control. Yeah, and, and it's just great. And again, it it it's, it it spoke to that nostalgic part of me that 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 loved X Men comics at that point in time. That was back when Sylvestri and was doing most of most of the, the big X book. And I just I, I love that period of time. I think Mojo is a great character, and it was fun to see him in an annual doing his thing with that with that group of characters. Um, and I think Remender has a great voice for these characters. So there was a lot of of witty dialogue, and there was even a, a little bit of that. One of my favorite things as an X-Men fan was always those issues after a big arc when they would be playing baseball or hanging out by the pool. And, and there's, there's some of that too. They're, they're all just chillaxing at the mansion basically. And, yeah. uh, when, when the, when the, when the unnatural Avengers, supernatural Avengers come for them. So yeah, man, definitely a great little one shot for those of you that aren't reading the, the book on the regular, but, uh, I, th- I thought it was a blast. You know, this is so far out of the realm of, of feasibility. It doesn't even, doesn't even bear talking about, but if I had the money, I would buy this cover. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That Satana is dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the pose on that. And she's, there's no way she's got the costume on in that, in that photo. Or that, that drawing. There's oh, no right, way. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the thing that really gets me is the attention to detail Adams puts into his work. Like, that goes without saying, right? I mean, not only that maniacal grin on Mojo's face, look at his hands. He's got broken nails. Yep. Yes. That is, like, why would you even think of that? But Adams does. Like, he doesn't have to. Right. And, And you could argue, yeah, on the other hand, he could have done it just so the nail wouldn't go behind Thor's hammer. But the other hand has a broken mm-hmm. nail too. No, absolutely. And, and, and you, you're, I, I guess I missed, I missed the, the, uh, the, the key here, which is that, and I should have made this clear. You're talking about the cover, which is done by Art Adams because yeah. no is, is definitely a student of Adams as many are, but, uh, the cover itself is done by the man himself. And it's, it's the uncanny Avengers in the forefront in, in small size. And that's, Wolverine, Scarlet Witch, Havoc, Cap, Wonder Man, Rogue, Sunfire, and Thor. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then in the background, in, in a red overturn, is the 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 supernatural Avengers along with Mojo. And as you said, it's 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 Man Thing and Doc Strange, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Manphibian. Manphibian. Yeah, well, true. Uh, <laughs> and and in this one, even though it's not like that in the cover, in the um in the book, he's he's kind of Deathlockian. He's got biomechanical parts too. Uh, and then you've got Satana and Blade. So, wow, look at that Satana. That is Yep. 
that Doctor Strange Amazing. is badass also, though. Yeah. Even, even, yeah. I, I would buy Wolverine if Art Adams drew it every month. I, I just love looking at his Wolverine. Yeah, he does too. And this is, this is going back from day yeah, one when he, mm-hmm, he yeah. you know, there's just something he does to that character, the real thick forearms. He's, I think he, he, he is the Wolverine artist for me. Sorry. I know Byrne did a great job with the character, but I, I love the way Art Adams draws Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. Oh yeah, and there's these little moments. I mean, Thor and Wolverine are getting drunk. Oh and yeah. And Thor throws Wolverine through a wall, and and then the other Avengers are like, "Do you guys have to fight every time you drink?" And then Thor's <laughs> like, "I, you know, yes, we do." Uh, Cap is Cap is on his mighty high horse because he's not drunk, and when the attack happens, he he's like, "Well, I can handle it because I haven't been drinking." <laughs> and uh it's just great i i it it just it, it's just i don't know i just thought the whole thing was terrific i i, I just think remender had a lot of fun with the book and and got a chance yeah. to play with uh with a bunch of characters that he doesn't normally get to write so yeah it's, it's like a 180 from the main ongoing story yeah exactly writing. it was it's a nice great. palate cleanser for what i think has been great but but is obviously a very serious yeah uh, and and complex story in, in the apocalypse twins kang stuff agreed I always forget how powerful Ghost Rider actually is. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. You think I'd remember what with that Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. the new Fantastic Four? I mean, he was massively po- um, powerful in that. But he's doing things in this book that's like what? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And the the TV show that Mojo produces is called Martian Transylvania Superhero Mutant Monster Hunter High School. <laughs> I would watch that. Me too. Yeah. It's got Thor. He's got, it's got <laughs> Thor. Thor and Cap as the jocks with their varsity jackets on. It's got uh, Wanda in this sexy cheerleader outfit. Uh, you've got Rogue and Wolverine and Havoc as the leather-clad greasers, the 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 foils, the high school, the two cliques that you'd see in a high school that wouldn't get along, right? You've got the, the jocks and the and the and the the, the greasers. Um, it's just yeah. I don't know. Then you've got man, you've got a man, <laughs> man the, the antiquated stereotype geek brigade, and it's yeah. it's it's Doc Strange with long, long seventies hair and a big bushy mustache and <laughs> yeah, like glasses. a coat, a Nehru turtleneck, and then you've got Manphibian with a pot belly and Coke bottle glasses, and uh, it, it's just great. You've got um. Uh, Rogue with an Iron Maiden T-shirt on. Yes, nice. it's just it's so well done. I, I just yeah. yeah. This is what annual should be. You know, they should just yep. be a chance to have a little fun with the same set of characters and not take yourself too seriously. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and and some big doings in here though. There's some like I did before. There's some woo moments. You oh, know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for the majority of the issue, this is what I like. I think what I like best about it. Mojo wears a beret. He does. <laughs> That he does. <laughs> so silly. Yeah. <laughs> You're so silly, Mojo. <laughs> That's funny. All right, clock on the wall. What should we do? Should we should we bring it on home or should we keep going? You gotta have more stuff to talk about. It's been weeks, dude. Let's see. Uh I haven't finished reading it, but I do want to uh make everybody aware of this. I just got this in the mail oh two days ago. It's from um Warrant Publishing, and you'll get the joke as soon as I tell you what this thing is. It's it's a it's a nudge nudge wink wink type joke. It it's called the best in illustrated horror to give you 
The Creeps. And it's the first issue of the magazine called The Creeps. And what it is, is it, it is a very, very loving homage to the Warren magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, the editor is Rich Sala. Get the uh, talent on this book. Frank Bruner, Ooh. Rich Buckler, mm-hmm. Joe Joe Rubenstein. Okay. Yes. Um, now I think this is a pseudonym because one of the writers in this issue, his name is Artie Godwin. And if you know your your Warren publishing history, yeah. one of one of the preeminent writers at Warren for a fair amount of time was Archie Goodwin. I mean he he's the one who set that boat sailing initially. Um, but I, I've read at least... Oh, Ken Kelly does the cover. Come on. How much Warren can you get, Ken Kelly? Uh, and it's it's hosted by uh, the creep who is, I mean, unabashedly modeled after Uncle Creepy. Uh, he's got a hood on, but it's Uncle Creepy with a hood. And, and most of the stories in here, they even have a double-page letters uh, section that looks straight out of Warren... Their title page looks like a Warren title page. Um, and the stories, the, the first one was uh, drawn by Rich Sala, who, is, like I said, is the editor, and he's written some stuff in here. It's, again, there's, they're, they're not ashamed, he's not ashamed to have modeled this story after Bernie Wrightson. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, some of the panels look to be, uh, let's just say, cribbed from, from stock Bernie Wrightson poses. Uh, transformed for this story. I'm not gonna hold that against it. It's, it's good. Um, the Rich Buckler story is amazing. He's still got it. He's, he still can illustrate with the best of them. And, you know, it's your, your, your Warren O. Henry endings. You know, I hope they do some, uh, continuing characters like they did in Eerie. How they had the, the recurring characters. But for my money, I mean, this thing was only $4.95. Magazine size, black and white. I loved it. What what I've read half of it and I loved the first half. Really really sharp stuff. Um and they're even introducing a horror themed superhero. Really? Uh yes. Uh art by Mikhail Bergfist and Joe Rubenstein. I'm guessing Joe inked it. Okay. That'd be my yeah, guess. That, that would be my guess. Yeah. Um but it's pretty he's called the Crime Cruncher. I mean, tongue in cheek Yes, you really can't take a character called Crime Cruncher seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty cool stuff. I'm going to stick with this. There's a uh one color back page in the in the the eerie tradition. The inside front cover is done by uh Frank Bruner and it's uh back in the day they used to like to take uh creatures from mythology and urban legend and and do a one page frontispiece on them and Frank Bruner does a succubus. Mm. And it's, uh, I'm talking about succubi a lot tonight. I know. There's nudity in it. So yes, again, in the Warren tradition. Nudity? It's, uh, you don't see the, the crotch, but there's nipples. So that's cool. I liked it a lot. I'm, I'm in for the duration. As long as they keep making this magazine, I will keep buying it. Nice. What's with this girls and corpses stuff? Have you ever seen this magazine? There, there's a magazine, uh, it's more your called, speed, bro. No, girls and corpses. Right. It's like, necromantic and playboy meet head to head and i guess they get these really hot chicks and they pose them with dead guys <laughs> what the hell and it, uh. it's 
It's not a new magazine. Way, it's folks, been going on for a while. Folks, when Vince thinks something is weird, it's strange. It is really fucking weird. That's just weird. Like I could see, you know, as a lark, you know, have a a, a pictorial of a girl in a corpse. That's kind of cool. I mean, I, you know, okay. But this is a magazine. That's their bread and butter. Every issue, there's girls and dead things, G- sexy school ghouls, Gigi Allen's and jet whatever, whatever. Corpse college issue. Sex with brains. United Necro College Fund. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That's so That's stupid. That's funny though. Come on, you got to give him credit for that. That's funny. Beta Zeta Dead Hazing Horrors. Murder Junkies and Gigi and Merle Allen. Hitler the Perv. Unseen Picks. Like this is just weird. I got to investigate this further. It's on volume eight already. Damn. Girls and and I got to say the chick with the dead dudes in the ad smoking. They don't have scrubs in there, that's for sure. No. So yeah, check out the creeps. It's pretty no cool. You. No. I liked it a lot. And I guess uh, the first, however many orders, were promised a po- poster of the cover art. I got one. So I guess I was in early because I got a poster for the lock. Yep. <laughs> check it out. Warrant. Check it out. Oh, no, 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 no. on to the brick brick down sound. You're making your somebody's drunk yeah. now. Hammered. Yeah. Oh, Hammer. Don't hurt him. Warrant, as in cherry pie. Warrant. That's what I was. Uh, yep. Cherry pie. Yeah. Bobby Brown, one of the sexiest women ever. Then. Now. I mean. I saw those. Time I, happens. I, I, mm-hmm. There's this little dive bar called the Lowdown in Mount Vernon, and I saw. Warrant because the girl I was with wanted to see him and they the stage was a step so it wasn't even like you know <laughs> but they're like right in front of you and and Jenny Lane steps down off the stage he's going around the bar and and, and I'm just like trying to sip on my beer and 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 he is the 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 crowd goes mild I mean they're all there there are a couple dozen people there and they're and and they're, they're digging it but. I was like, I mean, this was, this was the, the mid to late nineties. So, I mean, they're obviously they, they weren't selling out MSG anymore, but it was like, uh, I was just, I really didn't want to be there. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen Warrant too many times. <laughs> How many times? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they were always on the bill with acts I went to see. Right. So you, you mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. I think on that note, as <laughs> pun intended, as usual, this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been uh, sponsored. Yeah, by discount discount comic book service DCBService.com. Write these down: Aliens, Prometheus, Predator, Fire and Stone. Cover price three fifty. You can get them for a buck seventy five at DCBS. Uh, sp- uh, Bumperhead from Gilbert Hernandez is twelve oh seven, and Sugar Skull by Charles Burns is twelve dollars and sixty five cents. It's a no brainer, you people. Mm-hmm. DCBService.com in your travels. Some people are are gonna not like the fact that I want them to go to Walmart, but I don't care because I think this book is worth uh, scooping up at the rock bottom price that Walmart is offering it for. I paid just under nine bucks for this. It's a hardcover. 
take a listen to the number of creators in this thing. Okay. I'm not. I'm going to leave some till the end because you're going to guess if I tell you right off the bat. Okay. Dave Gibbons, Bill Ray, uh, Ty Templeton, uh, Ted Rawl, Peter Cooper. Let's see who else we have here. Jim Lee, um, John Romita Jr., J. Scott Campbell, Frank Miller, Mike Allred, Arthur Adams, John Byrne. Uh, Laura Allred, Alex Sinclair. What else we got here? Uh, Ted Rawl. I said Ted Rawl. Tom Fowler's in here. Marcos Martin, Ale Garza, Tom Rainey. Uh, Sergio Aroganes. And Mort Drucker. Amanda Connors in here. Do you know what I'm talking about yet? I... I, Chris, Chris Bacello, Mike Mignola, John Cassidy, Sam Keith, Terry Dodson, Glenn Fabry, Umberto Ramos, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Kevin Nolan, Laura Martin, Dave Stewart. It's like a, it's like a, an all-star team. Mm-hmm. This is called Mad About Superheroes. Mm, love it. It's amazing. Oh my god. And you know, we give Tom uh, Fowler shit because well, because he's Tom Fowler, but that dude is hugely talented. I mean, we I know we say it all the time, but he's just amazingly um, Oh, Robert uh Sikoriak is in here as well. It's just ungodly beautiful in so many levels. And it was 9 bucks. And you get the standard parodies like the the Spider the Raimi Spider Man movies are parodied in here. Um, Sergio takes on Spider Man. Amanda Connor does this thing that's really funny. Um, George Bush uh, as a superhero. It's it's actually stupid but really funny. It's just money in the bank. Like there's a Watchmen parody that's hysterical. I had to have this book. Had to have, and the fact that it's a hardcover, forget about it. Forget about it. Have had it. If you do go to Walmart and you are looking around, oh, Drew Friedman's in here too. Walmart like a bad thing. Some people don't like it, like they shit on Walmart, like oh, I would never shop there. My wife hates Walmart. Really? Yeah, she. I know it had that. It seems like. Well, I think so. It seems like there were people that were too good for Walmart for a long time. But I feel like that went totally away. I don't. I don't think that's oh, really? a thing I, anymore. I, I, well, the, people think they're still. People think they're too good for Walmart. But I think what a lot of people have a problem with is um, how they treat their employees. Yeah, that's one of the two. And I guess another thing is where they get their stuff from. Like there's kids making the shits, yeah. and you know that are making pennies a day making I mean, stuff. It's Walmart. an extremely profitable company, and how they make that money is is what i think turns a lot of people off i'm i um i just know never to buy music there because they like to edit the cds but other than that i mean if i yeah, if, I if, if i need you know a fucking three pound bag of of peanut m&ms and you know for five bucks i know where i'm going um, yeah i mean i'm gonna uh, we, we go there i don't yeah, me too i mean i don't like it but if, if it's a difference, if it's a difference of a dollar or two, I'll go to Target. But if it's like ten bucks or more, right. yeah, I mean, we, we've 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 picked up stuff at at um, the Garden and Outdoor Center over there. We have, I mean, they, um, the grocery section is 
is mad cheap compared to some of the other places. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I go and buy, you know, a, a three pack of boxer briefs, but there are a lot of things at Walmart that I can get because it's, it's Walmart and I know I can, I, I could save a few bucks buying the same shit. Yeah. And I gotta say, you gotta take this, this volume sparingly. You, you can't read it cover to cover. It's my, oh, some man. of the, some, some of the parodies are very tedious after a while. Like the jokes fall flat. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, but the art is spectacular. Like this Airman Miha guy, M-E-I-M-E-J-I-A, I could look at his art forever. Mm-hmm. He paints like a son of a bitch. Just really good. And uh, one of the things that's, um, prevalent within all of these stories is they're nailing the caricatures and that's like a hallmark of, of mad for a long time is is uh like drucker if you take you know care somebody who can do awesome caricatures drucker instantly comes to mind but these younger cats they're not bad i mean they're not they're not drucker this tom richmond guy he's not bad like i said not drucker level but you know who he's drawn when he draws them right right so right. I, I think that's that's pretty much a testament to his skill right I, I just, I love it. In, in small doses. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a hardcover, so you can do that. You can read a little bit, put it back on the shelf, read a little bit, like that. It's like that, uh, that, that Hembeck collection. You're not gonna go through that. No, no, that's like, you, I, I think you'd stroke. Oh, like yeah. halfway through, <laughs> you'd get a TIA. Too much, too much. But yeah, so yeah, mad about superheroes. Cause I am. Mad you know? about Joe Mammy. Mama. Uh, let's see, I, um, I read the first issue of, um, of, is it a new series? Is it a mini-series? I don't know. I'm just, I, What's that? it is, uh, it is written by Sam Humphreys. Uh, your penciler is Paco Medina and Juan Vlasco is the anchor. It is from the pages of the Guardians of the Galaxy, the legendary Star Lord. Oh yes, yeah, I read that. It, it's it's cool looking. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Medina's no joke. It's it it looks fantastic. It is it is a superhero comic book. Um, looks amazing. Colors are great. The um, you know it, it's it's not the Peter Quill from Annihilation, and and mm-hmm. and, and and that's. Those minis, um, but it is uh, it's it is a you know, the the last page is is a bit of um of a of a shocking moment if you want to say that. But I I really dig Quill's um uh in, in inner monologue the uh, the whole um. He's, I really, really liked the interaction with, uh, that he had with Holographic Kitty. Um, Kitty Pride, not, not a cat. And it, um, it, it kind of, you know, if, if you read, um, the trial of Jean Grey, it, it, this, this scene makes sense. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm behind on Guardians of the Galaxy, so I don't know if, if they're, I mean, reading this, obviously they're not all together all the time, so I don't know if they just get together and take care of business or if, if, uh, if, if 
Peter was kicked out of, mm-hmm. of the team. Uh, but I don't, it, it, that, that really isn't, I mean, he, um, he does, uh, say how busy he's been and, and that is with, with the, uh, with the team for the most part. Uh, but it's, um, it's, you got the movie coming out in a couple of days, in a little over a week, and, uh, it's, you know, they're, they're going to throw everything, Marvel's gonna put out everything that they can with these characters. This, uh, it, it doesn't, Feel like a cash grab, but it's, uh, I, you know, I don't know if uh, any other time than now we'd actually have a Star Lord comic along with the Guardians of the Galaxy comic, mm-hmm. uh, and Cyclops in space with, with his dad and, uh, and the- Why? It is a cash grab, but in this case, it's a good cash That's grab. Right. It, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's a promotional tie-in. No, it, no, it's, it's really well right, done. Right, yeah. I mean, it could, it, 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 this could have been, you know, a serial in, in Marvel Comics presents or something. It, it's kind oh. of like a timeless story, or at least it's starting out that way. So, I'm, I mean, obviously, yes, they're trying to make sure these characters are on the stands for, for people to read about, but... um but I mean, aside from, you know, read this because the movie's coming out, I, that's where I'm, I'm saying it doesn't feel like it's uh, right. uh, blatant. But, um. Did you get the, uh, digital special edition? I got the, uh, I don't know, special edition? Yeah, this thing is awesome. It's, it's at least a hundred pages. Oh. Like you get the, you get the main story and then, uh, you get character sketches, and one of the things they did was really cool. You get Medina's pencils, as as pencil, like they're they're untouched. Then you page down, it it shows Velasco's inks, and then you page down again, and it shows uh, what's his name, Curiel, David David Curiel's yeah. colors, and and the subtle changes that from pencils to inks, and then the color almost completely transforms some of well it does but it changes the tone of panels that i thought like were going in one direction and then when once the color was uh applied oh man it's like amazing to see the process I got you. no i didn't get the yeah. uh the the special edition it's the it's the standard but i will i want to check that out so i'm gonna have to look for it you don't have to look for it <laughs> uh <laughs> anyway um <laughs> So yeah, so, so, so there is, uh, that, that is my inner travels. I decided to go with that instead of, um, Amazing X-Men, which is still good because McGinnis is back. And it, and I don't know if you guys have, have read the last two issues, but it does, does it look like McGinnis is kind of doing breakdowns and, and Farmer is, is doing more than just finishes? Oh really? So it's mm. the way it looks to me. It doesn't I don't I mean Farmer looks awesome on anybody, but I there's it it definitely doesn't have the same um weight or flourish that McGinnis and like Dexter Vines has. Uh, uh, right, right, right. I know what you're saying. But it's yeah. uh I mean it still looks great. It's it's uh it's it's a funky story about uh Canadians and Wendigos. And, 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 uh, meat packing plants and, um, and, oh, and, and Alpha Flight. So. Oh, in Canada? Really? In Canada, no lie, bro. Un- unheard with, of. Love it. With Puck not answering Heather's call because he's gotta go back and dive into some talisman. 
Really? Yeah. Like head, like head first. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like balls deep. On, well, bald head deep. On the subject of Star Lord. Yeah. Oh, we're I on think the subject of. No, I know, but <laughs> I, I think it's really smart that they're tying him to Kitty. It's 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 exceptionally smart. Not only does it make sense, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to bridge these two teams. You're going to if you're going to bridge a team with the Guardians, make it the X Men, okay? But how many jokes are built into that? The fact that his name is Peter, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Bendis who, did, who who thought it up, but it's really smart. Like, those things write themselves. Yeah. Like, you didn't have much luck with one Peter. You're going to go with another one? Really? Uh, it's, it's just fun. It's, 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 on the one hand, it's lighthearted. And that's what I think some of these things need. More little things like that. Oh, like, real. smart. Yeah, I like it. I agree. Good call, whoever it was. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yeah, no idea, but I'm assuming it's Bendis. The one writing both of the books. Who looks to finally have powers happening, the TV show. It's actually happening. Yeah. I mean, he's been fighting for that for a long time. Yeah. So I probably won't see it because I don't have a PlayStation, but, you know. You don't have a PlayStation. Well, I don't have the new PlayStation 4. You have three? Oh, it's only available on four? That's Jake. That's Jake. I I won't get a four just because of the whole media server thing. I know. Same here. Yeah. I love my three. I don't have a three either, but I love my three. Yeah, three's awesome. Nice. I love my three except when it's time for uh, WWE special events because then I put it on the Roku box. Uh So I'll be able to see the whole thing without freezing. You know, I don't watch much television. I feel like the Dos Equis guy. I don't watch much television. When I do, I watch my PlayStation 3. Dude, it's not two horses, it's two X's. <laughs> wow. <Dude. laughs> yeah, I made him stumble. <laughs> I did fuck it up. I did. You did. <laughs> no. I was thinking about Daniel Radcliffe naked. Oh, nice. Me too. That makes two of us. Uh, in your travels, Bastard. Uh, I want to shout out a few books that tickled my fancy this week. Uh, the first uh, couple are number ones. Um, Supreme Blue Rose by Mr. Warren Ellis with wonderful art by... Miss Tula Lote. Uh, this is, as you might imagine from the name, the, the next in a long line of, of successful and wildly creative retellings or reimaginings of the Rob Liefeld extreme characters. In this case, we are dealt back into the, the universe of, of Supreme, which for those that don't know was Rob's take on the Superman mythos back in the day. Um, I, I mentioned in our intros, I, I said I was Mr. Dax, who is, uh, the Lex Luthor of that story and Supreme was the Superman and there was a, it was fairly, uh, there, there were a lot of clear analogs, let's put it that way, between <laughs> Supreme and, and Superman. Um, it wasn't hard to see the, 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 uh, the, the commonalities. But this is, as, as we got from glory and we got from profit, um, it, it's a complete departure from what we've ever had before. Uh, we are introduced to, 
uh, a very attractive young blonde reporter who, for reasons we don't yet know, um, broke a big investigative story that never got published. She then lost her job, and now she can't get hired anywhere. She's essentially been blacklisted. Um, and so she's down and out. And she is recruited by Mr. Dax, who is a billionaire, and he makes his money by um, uncovering uh, information that no one else has or can verify and then selling that information to interested parties. Uh, the, the book's title, Supreme Blue Rose, is named as such because uh, blue roses don't exist in nature. And that's what Dax calls the information that he digs up, blue, blue roses, when he uncovers things that aren't believed to exist in nature and he proves they exist. And he makes a lot of money off that. So he knows that this reporter is down on her luck and he offers her $300,000 to go and find evidence of Supreme and another $700,000 uh, upon delivery of, of, of proof that he does exist. And she takes the gig because she's got no other choice. She needs the money. Um, the, the artwork is just stunning. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the, the, the figures, the, the, the anatomy look almost like all red, but the backgrounds are these, uh, watercolor and, and ink wash landscapes. So she uses mixed media. So all the characters are, are, are pen and ink, but everything else are watercolors and pastels. And I'm not sure if it's a digital effect or she works. I was just going to ask. I don't you know that. that, but, but I, but I know that it works really well and it's gorgeous stuff and it's very distinctive. Uh, and, and again, it fits in with what we've seen from these Supreme reboots and that the art and the aesthetic are, uh, almost indie. Um, but true, true indie, but, but, but yet we're dealing with the superhero universe. Um, so I thought the first issue was was a home run. I, I can't wait to dig in more. And and this is Warren Ellis doing a book that he's clearly interested in doing. So, uh, you know, with nice. with Warren, there's a wide range of of outcomes. I find with whether mm. or not he's into a book that he's he's doing. So I I highly recommend for maybe Supreme Blue Rose number one. Uh, also, Mister Remender's much anticipated Low number one came out. Uh, which is his reteaming with uh, Mr. Greg Tacchini. Uh, now, this is uh, another sci-fi book from Rick uh, to go along with 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 uh, Black Science, which also returned. Number seven came out this week. Um, low number one is is essentially where it's it's a world where the Earth is moving ever closer to the sun and is getting polluted by radiation and will eventually be destroyed as a result. And so, tens of thousands of years into the future. Uh, we are introduced to a, a city of humanity that is all the way at the bottom of the ocean because many, many, uh, generations ago, uh, humanity moved to the bottom of the ocean to help shield itself from the radiation. And we're introduced to the ruler of, of that society and, and his family. And Takini is a, is a guy who does, he's, he paints, he's a painter. And, he draws, or I should say, he paints stunningly beautiful women. For real. And in this book, basically, the first half of the book is the ruler and his wife uh, laying around <laughs> the, their their apartment naked, having just had sex. Yeah. The splash is oh, awesome. Oh, I know it's it's incredible. And so uh, it's 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 gorgeous to look at. But what's what's cool is that it's not. I guess you could say it's titillating, but, but they're, they're actually handling their business. I mean, it's post-coital, but they're, 
they're taking care of their business during all this. They're talking about serious stuff and they're getting ready to, to go about their day. And, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued for sure. Um, you know, the, it's, it's a first issue in the sense that there's a lot more questions than answers. Um, but it's always nice to see Takini. Um, I don't know, Vince, did you read this digitally or in print? Digital. Okay. Do you see, I think this is a book that, uh, I think this, as with black science, I think reading digitally does it a disservice because mm. I think the digital coloring makes the, the, the very delicate line work of these painterly styles look muddled on, on a certain size screen. So I think when I saw low digitally, it looked, it didn't do the art justice. Whereas the print version, it's drop dead, fall on the floor, gorgeous. If that makes sense. Mm, It's usually the inverse. I don't find that way at all. Because, uh, as far as chroma goes, the, there's, there's not a, a printer in the world that could match backlit color. Or I don't want to say backlit. That can, that can match, you know, digital color because it's, it's, the brightness is built in, you know, where I think when you transfer it to paper, there's a little, there's always a little bit of, of, uh, you know, saturation with the colors that you, they deaden a little bit, but I don't know. I, I, I'll have to put them side by side. I didn't notice, I didn't notice mm. anything. Yeah. I, mean, I could just be me again. Your mileage may vary, but I definitely enjoyed the book. Did you enjoy it? So you've read it. Did you? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of hard to read because I lose my place a lot of times cuz the art is so distracting. I know, I know. He's a beast. Yeah. Um and then I've been going on for a bit so I'll just I'll just quickly say uh no surprise here the wicked and the divine number 2 was fantastic. Uh as I said with the first issue this is definitely in my view uh McKelvey and Kieran's best work uh to date. Um I think in in McKelvey's face uh in McKelvey's case it's 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 the best I've ever seen his art look. Um, cool. And, uh, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we are introduced to the, to the history of Lucifer, how she became Lucifer in this book and, and her first demon. She recruits her first demon in this issue. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start reading that. Yeah, I mean, I know you're not, a, I know that that art style is not really to your, your liking, so I wasn't expecting you to jump in, but, um, a little too clean. But right. I'll, yeah, I know, I know it's not your speed, so, so that's why I wouldn't, but, but, Certainly, like I said, it, this is a book that, that uh, I, I definitely think is off to a very strong start. So, Cool. I read an image book, but I want to save it for next week because I thought it was awesome. What? Dark Engine number one. I have, that's the next one here on my pile to read. Yeah, I thought it was great. And I, and I don't want to just you know, okay, give cool. it. Yeah, I didn't get to it in time to talk about it, but that's cool. We can talk about it next week. Maybe you know what else I did read? And Black I, Science number gonna, seven. No, I'm going to contradict myself because... I may be giving this book short shrift, but I've read Will Pfeiffer and um, uh, Roquefort's yep. Teen, Teen Titans, number one. It was fun. I, I think it did everything a first issue should do. Okay. I mean, we are we already know who these characters are, but they establish Robin. Well, they. Will establishes Robin as the leader. There's a calamity going on. A uh, busload of, of school kids is, is uh, kidnapped by terrorists. And, um, they, the, the woman in charge states their demand. And while, while they're going through all this, Wonder Girl, uh, starts whittling them down. And, um, it, it was, it was fun. Pfeiffer sets up some mysteries. Like, who is this person? And, and what's the agenda? And, and she's got a beef with Star Labs. 
because there's some nasty ass stuff going on and she wants the world to know about it. But, uh, it was fun. I, and I gotta say, I think the, the, the problem with, with, um, people, some people have with Roquefort's Wonder Girl is pretty endemic. Is that the word I'm looking for? To the, his style of drawing? Like, Richard Corbin draws uh, females in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. They, they almost always have larger than normal breasts. They're they're classically proportioned, you know what I mean? Childbearing hips, they're they're a little thick. Like that's just how Corbin draws women. I think Roquefort, and and you can see it in what was that Ms. Mystery? She was a little top heavy too. Like it seems like he likes to draw breasts a certain size, and that's why Cassie has, you know, oh, lar- oh, 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 oh Madame Mirage. Madame Mirage, yeah. She, she was busty. Yes. And it just seems like Roquefort likes to draw busty women. I mean, there's nothing, but when, when the busty woman in question is a teen, like Wonder Girl, eh, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you got, maybe you should take the initiative and draw them a little smaller, I would say. But she is quite busty in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I love the design for Raven. Holy shit, do I love it. So cool. She, she's her eyes are completely covered, no hood. She got this kind of avian type head thing going on. It's really cool. I liked it a lot. But no, I enjoyed the issue. I thought it was off to a good start. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Robin's calling the shots as he should. Well, Red Robin, sorry, calling the shots as he should. You know, because Tim knows. Nice. Yeah, you know, I have to say, um, I, I know we were. Uh, Probably a little overly dismissive of DC in last week's episode, uh, just because none of us are reading all that much of it right now. But uh, but uh, our boys over at No Apologies were talking about the stuff that's going on with Damien and Robin, and uh, yeah. it sounds pretty cool. Um, and they all liked it. Every one of them talked about how much they liked it. So I think I'm going to try and check it out. It's the tough thing with DC, as you guys know, is that they they take so darn long to put out collected editions of things. So I may need to jump on Comicsology and see if I can. I'm not going to call it out of the gate, but it seems like they're going out of the way to erase Batman Incorporated. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I can't. I I don't know. I can't speak to it. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it it was it was all right. No, my point is they they all uh, said that Tomasi's been killing it with the Batman and Robin book. That it's been great. Yeah. But I enjoyed the Teen Titans more than that Omega Robin. Yeah, I read it. I, it was all right. Well, I've heard, I heard it was great. Every, I mean, I'm getting your mileage may vary, but like I said, every one of them said it was terrific. So there you go. I guess I'll judge for myself. Cool. As you, as well, you should, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. The uh, I, was it in? Okay, I just noticed going through um, this week's releases. Under image is undertone number six of six. I don't know about that. They may be doing the Hellboy formula. Okay, but I mean, was it always? Listed? Nah, I don't. I don't remember. It, I don't. I, I can't recall. Let me. Let me. You keep talking. No, I'm just. I mean, I'm just. I didn't know it. Was, I mean, it's fine if it is going to be a series of of books. I didn't think it was going to be this finite, but I didn't. I, I didn't know they were. Publishing it or marketing it as as a limited series. Well, I know is certainly from three on it was of six. Okay. Uh, because the issues aren't marked as such. Like I got Undertow number five 
up here and it just says undertow five even in the the uh on the title page underneath it just says undertow number five june 2014 well just looking at the image the list it's one and two were just one and two and then from three on it's been of six okay yeah we'll probably move into the hellboy formula that's cool yeah and putting vince's and 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 our views aside on that one it i i happened to to notice that it it didn't sell well so it that could be part of it too Mm. It wasn't a, a hit. It wasn't one of the the, the new, sh- new new Marvel hits. Uh, the new the new image hits that uh, you, you know. It's a it's a shame because I think uh, Trakhanov is re- way high up there on my favorite new artists. This guy's incredible. I, 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 I got the Rocket Raccoon Commission to agree with it, buddy. I adore his art. He'll be around though. I mean, you know. Oh sure. This is just the start for him. So. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for being here with us once again. As usual, you can find next week's episode the same place you found this one. I don't know where you get it, but thank you for getting it, and you keep getting it where you got it. So uh, join us, and as always, we love you like a, a ton. We love you so much. So, so much. Yes. It's, it's unhealthy how much we love you. It's absurd how much we love you. That's true. For real. <laughs> so convincing. Without a doubt. <laughs> Say goodnight, David. Good night, David. Ah. Just remember, folks, saying something would be a distraction is just a way of being a big idiot. <laughs> Bada boom. <laughs>